Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl season six episode titled Fear Not. It was uh, not, it were, there were a lot of fears in the episode, but I don't know if there are any knots. I was, I uh, didn't learn how to tie a nautical <laughs> knot. I didn't learn how to tie a, you know, like a tie knot. I didn't learn how to tie any kinds of knots. And honestly, I feel like that's false advertising. Nobody tied the knot even, so I don't yeah. know what, what were they even doing. I mean, they were like, it's like uh, N-O-T, but then there's a K. Like, I understood the, uh, what was it, the uh, Phantom of the Opera th- joke? Yeah. Like, okay, fine. I wanted, a, I wanted there to be an opera. And I was let down. But okay, I understand there were <laughs> phantoms. But in this case, there were no knots. I really Just think fear. there should have been a knot. <laughs> it really uh, didn't make much sense because you could you could call it all kinds of things with fear in the title, but you specifically said not, and then there were no nuts. So uh, already docking a point for this episode <laughs> because of the title. Um, but before we get into the rest of my uh, docking of points, uh, we we have some news. So let's go ahead and get to the news. Somebody uh, reminded me in the chat, uh, Linda here says, uh, I was expecting those garlic knots. We didn't even get garlic knots. I would have taken a garlic knot. (laughs) I would have too. Oh, man. They really, they really, uh, uh, really didn't fulfill on the knots. That's disappointing. I mean, really, (laughs) you you didn't, you didn't have a lot of jobs. (laughs) <laughs> it's really early for a beaker appearance in the episode. This, it's just, it's he, too he, early. He, he, he usually waits until maybe at least feedback. I mean, he does. He usually waits till midway. <laughs> <laughs> giving the people what they want real early on this time. Yes. No. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess Beaker is here because we got some <laughs> news about Ozzy Tesfai as Guardian. So uh, Ozzy Testify on May 7th tweeted out a picture of her dressed in Kelly Olsen's Guardian costume, uh, which I will pull up. I have an image of, but I need to find it. Okay, so this is uh, Kelly Olsen as Guardian. And in the tweet, she wrote, quote, while the superhero character in my process of writing her debut, uh, this is not a great, I'm just going to be honest, this is not a great sentence. 
Uh, so I'm just I'm critiquing the writing of the tweet a little bit, uh, <laughs> but I'll see if I can read it better. <laughs> While well, I was going to say, is is like tweet writing? Is it is there like a genre for that? It's like <laughs> I think so. You got to make the. I mean, you don't have a lot of time. Where were the emojis in that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, "Okay, let's try this again. Maybe maybe it's not the writing. Maybe it's I think my it might interpretation. Be missing a comma. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So while this superhero character and my process of writing her debut, all of those things are debuting. If if you if you get that. Okay. All of those things represent many firsts. The one I'm most proud of is cultural. The first Ethiopian or Eritrean superhero ever. That's what uh, Ozzy tweeted." on her reveal of Guardian in her tweet. So, uh, Morgan, what do you think about this costume? Uh, I mean, it looks more like the Guardian costume from the comics. Like, they, why why were they holding this back? I mean, it's cool that she got the cooler version, I guess. Sorry, James. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, when James got to be Guardian, he just looked like RoboCop. Like, I feel like he was <laughs> he was robbed. Yeah, I always wondered why he didn't have at least some color in there. I mean, he had the shield and he had the mask, but it was all sort of black and silver, but there were there like was her, no color. Like hers looks so much better, like the gold shield and the gold boots and the gold helmet, like I don't know, it just looks that this character looks a lot more fun than like the James Olsen version of Guardian. Yeah, this this looks like Guardian. If you were to present this picture to me and I had no idea who she was, I would probably guess Guardian. Um, so this is actually looking like the character from the comics and some of the animated stuff uh, that we have seen Guardian in. So I, I think she looks really good. Uh, I think the helmet's pretty slick. I mean, the shield looks I mean, everything looks good. So she looks good. Um, and I think that we will be getting when we come back, I think uh, episode 13 may be Guardian centric. Somebody in the comic, uh, comments might uh, fact check me on that if I have it wrong. But uh, I think we're going to be getting a Guardian centric episode, which uh, concerns me a little bit uh, because we only have 20 episodes this season in the final season of Supergirl. And uh, we've already done the seven here up front. Not bought a Supergirl, and then no. we're coming back with thirteen more episodes. And then if one of them is Guardian centric, then we're down to twelve uh, to tell the the final story of Supergirl. So it concerns me a little bit, but I will say she looks good. So if they can if they can work a Guardian story in there and still kind of maintain some Supergirl ness <laughs> in there and balance it out, I think I'll be okay. I wish that they had done this like last season. Yeah. Because anyway, you anyway you cut it, like Kelly's not gonna get a lot of guardian time. She's gonna get like like a handful of episodes as guardian. Right. So I, I just feel like like they hinted at it last season with like Crisis when she she like pulls up a shield or the at, she has the guardian out of nowhere. shield. Yeah, she yeah. has it out of nowhere. And then they never discuss it again. And that was the time to have her be like, hey, when I guardianed with that shield, that, ooh, that felt good. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been a better time to do that. 
But they were uh, like, no, she can't become a superhero before Alex does. So oh. <laughs> got to wait in line. Like, why does everybody have to be? Uh, this is a this is an old lady complaint. But like, why does everybody have to be a superhero on this show? <laughs> this is a comment that will uh, maybe uh, sort of will hit in the fear vision vision discussion uh, for this week's episode, because that is something that also came up, I think, uh, in terms of Kelly's fear vision um so i i i I do think it's great that we're gonna get guardian and i'm glad that she looks like guardian uh i'm not gonna get my hopes up about the news gal legion but you know (laughs) listen fingers and toes toes. we still have 13 episodes if anyone could do it kelly can i believe in her she's (laughs) she's had so many different careers so far I just wish somebody had like whispered in Ozzy's because I because I, th- I want to say she wrote the I episode. think she wrote the episode, so, which so I, which makes me weirdly like feel more enthusiastic about it. Like the writing might be better. <laughs> I, I just hope somebody whispered in her ear, like, "Did you know Guardian had a, a an army of newsboys?" I feel like <laughs> you should write that in there, but like change it up a little bit. I feel like the only people who possibly could whisper that in her ear would be like Nicole Maines or Jesse Rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, can't, I I really wish I wish we could have been uh, a fly on the wall for that because I think that would have been great. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm excited to see at least how they introduce her um, because James James had a pretty uh, a pretty solid storyline over the course of season two uh, with Guardian. Yeah. He kind of developed it over time, so it is going to be a little more condensed for Kelly. But uh, I think they've. They've done a pretty good job of sort of building it a little bit at a t- at a time here in season six, and we even got a little bit of guardian foreshadowing in this week's episode. So, um, so I think that maybe <laughs> even if they're going to be real quick about it in the second half, they've at least been trying to build up to it so it's not as jarring. So yeah, they're at least very, building very it up, which I appreciate. Yeah, because sometimes. Sometimes maybe things on the show don't feel as earned, but maybe Kelly's guardian might actually. So that, that might be one of those <laughs> few things that do. Um, okay, so I guess uh, since that is the uh, kind of the the major news we got this week, um, I guess we could uh, we could maybe next uh, next time we could talk about the CW and their their efforts to uh, go seven nights a week to broadcast things seven nights a week. But wait, what? I haven't heard about this. <laughs> it just came out this afternoon. I didn't, I didn't oh, get a okay. chance to put it in the dock, but apparently they're going to start. I, I guess they don't air new programming on certain days. Um, so. Yeah, I don't think that they do. So, But I feel like nobody does Saturday. Are they going to have a Saturday show? It's that's what it kind of I glanced at the article and that's sort of what it sounded like. Maybe we'll save that for next week because I didn't get a <laughs> chance to really study that thoroughly. Um, so we'll we'll maybe save that for uh, the, the next episode of Supergirl Radio because uh, uh, whatever whatever we discuss next week will be kind of whatever we decide because uh, we don't get episodes until August. So uh, stay tuned. Be whatever, we, man. <laughs> we, we, we haven't really figured that out just yet. So uh, stay tuned. For it. What if we just <laughs> come on here? No plan. No docs. No plan. <laughs> <gasps> what if we did that? That would actually be pretty experimental. <laughs> I don't know be. if I could. I don't know if I could do that. No doc. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I don't want to imagine a, <laughs> an episode live stream with no doc. I couldn't handle it. Um, okay, so next time around, we'll just we'll just see what uh, what happens. <laughs> we'll try to decide something beforehand. Uh, but uh, we will talk about that CW uh, seven days a week because that may affect Supergirl because Supergirl is just going to keep 
uh, keep airing episodes uh, way into the fall. So <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that. All right. Well, let's uh, get to talking about this week's episode of Supergirl. Uh, so here is the official description for Fear Not with a K. Uh, quote, as the super friends brave the Phantom Zone to bring Supergirl home, each member of the team is confronted by visions of their worst fear, unquote. Um, hmm. So I really, uh, I you like, know, I feel like Veronica, like, kind of uh, phoned it in on that description. A little bit, pretty short. I guess uh, Veronica felt like she couldn't give anything away. It's too <laughs> spoilery if she really dug deep into this one. And the thing that I wish Veronica had mentioned in her description was something that really, uh, you know, the, the most shocking part of the episode for me uh, was that the Phantom Zone is made up of islands. <gasps> yeah, so I did have some some real questions for you about... Uh, the geography of the Phantom Zone. So, what what is it? What am I looking at? Um, I, it I was, think these it was, are the islands. Yeah. So the thing is that I watched this last night, and I watched it kind of late, and I made a mistake, <laughs> and I watched it kind of late. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Am I hallucinating? Am I falling asleep?" <laughs> Like, what is, what, visually, I have no idea what I'm seeing. That thing that you just put up there is like a Rorschach test. And it could be whatever (laughs) you want it. Like, what is above them? Is that like. I think it's one of the islands. Is that an island? Is it a chocolate stream? (laughs) Like, are we, like, why is everything kind of weirdly purple and textured? Like, what is happening? In yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was weird for me to come home from islands because uh, I was in <laughs> for the last two weeks. And then and then they were said it was made up of a bunch of islands. And I was like, I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? Uh, so I guess there are different because they did mention the, a region of the Phantom Zone that destroying the anchor was destabilizing the region they were in. And I was like, region. Okay, okay. And then they got to the island thing, and I was like, okay, what is happening? So I, I <laughs> what guess if they yeah, jump they're... to, like, a different island, and it's like, they just, like, the, everybody's just hanging out. There's, like, steel drums in the background. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is the island I was looking for, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where everybody moved after they, you know, they built that. They're storage like, room facility. Oh, you went to that island of the Phantom Zone? No, no, no. You want to go to this island way more tourist friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess their interpretation, you know, I, I actually kind of appreciate this, even though I'm very confused about everything. Uh, I actually appreciate the fact that they're taking something that's established and sort of putting their own spin on it. They're actually uh, saying, no, our, our Phantom Zone is separated into islands and has storage units and (laughs) and all kinds of things. Our Phantom Zone doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's (laughs) it's something where at least it is a take on the material, right? Like they did have a take on the Phantom Zone. Did I understand it? Not always. <laughs> uh, but it was a take. It was a different take on the Phantom Zone. Like I didn't feel like they were just like, oh, whatever. They were like, no. To us, the Phantom Zone is like islands and storage sheds and cement tours. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, Haley makes a good point. Uh, if I can bring up the uh, no, that's not the right comment. Sorry, Keenan. Uh, uh, Haley mentioned Crisis just made everywhere into islands. They do mention that early <laughs> yeah. on. 
that there was something weird with all the the dimensions. So they did sort of mention that, but they didn't they didn't mention islands. So islands were a little shocking to me. So they like fractured, I think, the yes. the phantom zone maybe is the idea. Like crisis like broke fan- the phantom zone. But I still like to think that like one of those islands is actually pretty nice. Yeah, Keenan mentions uh they they mentioned the fracture. Uh, so there, there was something. It's I, I guess it came out, out of blue for me, but you know, in retrospect, I think they did uh, establish that uh, not necessarily using the word island, which uh, was really, you know, my my ears went up about that. So <laughs> that was that was something that was kind of uh, shocking to me. Um, so uh, that was just a, a silly thing I wanted to bring up because I was uh, very surprised by it. But I think the more serious thing we can talk about in this uh, in this episode discussion is about the structure of the episode. It's a little bit different than some of the other episodes of Supergirl we've seen. So, Morgan, what did you think about the storytelling device, the the structure that they were going for and how they were uh, getting to everybody's fear visions? I thought it was really interesting. I liked that they did like a ground, almost kind of a groundhog day thing where you just kept going back and seeing the same little section of the same 10 minutes, but from different characters perspectives. I thought that was really fun. It reminded me of um, one of my favorite episodes of legends of tomorrow. (laughs) I host a podcast about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Plug, plug. Um, But there was an episode where, uh, the ship. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, no, there was an episode of Legends of Tomorrow called Here. I think it was Here I Go Again, where the ship keeps blowing up. Um, oh, I remember and, listening to that episode of the yeah, podcast. <laughs> and, and Zari gets stuck in this like infinite time loop of like the ship. Blo- and it's like straight Groundhog's Day. And this is not quite that, but it, it reminded me it had that sort of similar feel of like living the same little section over and over again. Yeah, I I was frustrated by it at first because usually when Supergirl does these, like, uh, I, I wrote them down in my notes. Let me see mm-hmm. if I can get to them. Two hours earlier, 10 minutes earlier, one hour, 57 minutes to go. Uh, anytime, usually in the past when Supergirl has attempted these these various time changes, it doesn't go so well. <laughs> and it gets very annoying. Um, and it did a little bit in this episode, but I can understand why they wrote the episode this way, because if you are trying to get to their individual stories, it's hard to do that in a, a sequential chronological way. So you would have to sort of break it up and and stop time a little bit and go back and show them. So I understand why they did it. And I think it was pretty successful for the most part. What what I liked about how they went in, in and out of the um fear visions for each character is they use the turbulence. So they they say early yeah. on in the episode, they say, oh, there's turbulence here in the <laughs> islands of the Phantom Zone. And so, uh, so anytime there would be turbulence, they would do a white flash of the screen and that would get you into the fear vision. So I actually thought that was uh, a good way to do that because it signaled to me, at least, I don't know about anybody else watching, but it signaled to me and helped me out because the fear visions going in and out of them were a little confusing. Uh, so well, so like at the, least the, going into them, I knew this, okay, this is a fear vision because of the turbulence. Yeah. Like, okay, here, here we are. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they played with the structure of the episode because Supergirl by and large, and this is not like specifically a criticism, but like Supergirl isn't one of those shows that sort of plays around with episode structure really too much. Not much. 
at all. Um, some, you know, occasionally we get like a Midvale flashback episode, but it's still like a pretty traditionally structured episode within the flashback. And this is like one of the first times I remember thinking like, oh, okay, we're like, we're doing a different kind of structure here where like we keep flashing in on somebody's, you know, going back 10 minutes and forward 10 minutes and like um, seeing their fear vision. I will say... I had no idea that Alex's was her fear vision at, uh, until like we came back from the commercial break and it was like, now it's Lena's turn. And I was like, so, okay, let's get into these fear <laughs> visions because uh, that was one of the ones that I had trouble with too, because they don't, that, that one wasn't as clear cut as some of the other ones. So let's get into that. So let's talk about some of these fear visions and what they meant what they were trying to say and and kind of what happened with them. So I think the the first one is Alex's fear vision. I, I didn't do my notes very well because I you should see my well, Google it, Doc because it, I have like the the time frames and then under the time frames I have the fear vision that happened under that <laughs> time frame. So I'm now well, I'm kind of confused looking at my notes. But uh, well, it's you, funny because I initially was like, okay, well they're doing it in like terms of like. Character, maybe characters that are closest to car, like characters that are most important. Like I got Alex and then Lena. And then I think the third one was Kelly. And then I was like, eh? (laughs) And I was like, shouldn't, shouldn't John be here or something? Kelly? Really? And and, and that's where like, I was like, I, I got thrown off a little bit. I was like, I understand. I understand. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then like later we we discover that brainy and brainy's is ridiculous and that <laughs> and that john doesn't have one because of his psychic powers which to be honest do, i or do does sometimes he, though or does he I'll, dun, I'll ma- dun, I, can, I can make an argument Ooh. for that but i'll let you finish your fault yeah i was gonna say i sometimes forget about his psychic powers because sometimes he doesn't hold his his forehead enough uh, and like look really hard and sometimes I'm like are you even psychic bro uh, but <laughs> but I suspect it was also because this episode was directed by David Harewood and so to do all of that directing he it kind of removed him a little bit out of the story so that he could how, do how that would, how would that look and be like action <laughs> you know like <laughs> action and he, and right, he holds I, I it and then he's like i definitely cut. got this one i definitely <laughs> got this one. this this one felt right this one felt right everyone does it did it feel did it look right <laughs> uh yeah so um we'll, we'll we'll get into to john's but i guess maybe we could start at that that order because it is interesting you could go order of people who are closest to car but then you could also go maybe a, a different way where you put Kelly next to Alex's or something like that. You know, like yeah, it's just, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, it, it what, I, I don't know that there was, nec- I don't know if there I don't was necessarily an order. I don't think, I guess they really started with Alex and they stopped with Jean and that's all that really mattered. I think <laughs> the two bookends, I think were the important part. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, there was an order. I was like reading something into it. I was like, Oh but yeah. It makes like- sense. It makes sense to look for that, though. I, I don't yeah. think there's any. I was any looking problem for meaning it. where there was none. Just like <laughs> when I look at that picture of the Phantom Zone, and I just see a bunch of blobs. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the ability to point at things, um, because there are d- are definitely like little different structures, like little pieces like, of land. Like some of them are red. No. It's like 
somebody having a party down there? Is that what's going on? <laughs> that's, the, that's the party island. That's, that's where everybody goes island. on the weekends. Poor Cara didn't end up on that one. No, no. But she Could you not... imagine if they saved her and she was like, I was just at a rager. <laughs> <laughs> that rager would be wild on the Phantom Zone. I don't know that I would go to one of those. No. Um, okay, so the fear visions, though. Uh, we're, we're told that, uh, they're going to encounter because they are tracking Kara with the DNA. They've, they remembered that they had gone back in time to get that DNA. So they're bringing yep. it onto the ship. Uh, and we'll talk about the ship a little bit later too. Cause that was a big reveal that I was like, okay. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll get there. <laughs> do we'll you want to talk about the ship later? Cause <laughs> do you, you want to talk about it later? Cause I feel like now. we should talk about these fear visions, but we <laughs> yes, keep coming we into these other things. <laughs> Um, the, the ship, uh, the ship was just a lot. About, it was let's just talk a lot, about the ship. Let's let's talk about the ship now. We're here. We're here. We'll that get to was those the, sort of the, the top of the episode, right? The top of the, <laughs> that's they true. Come that's back true. from Midvale. They're like, "Hey, we got the blood," and John's like, "Cool, let's go. Let's hit it." And then all of a sudden, it's a spaceship, and then his building shoots up into the air and takes off. What? In it? What? It, 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 it was not even like um uh fancy about it. It was just like the building like collapsed at the top and everything shot it. So uh my I question just... my question with the tower, because yeah. I don't I don't mind that the tower is a ship. That's <laughs> that's fine. Martian technology, they can do any, anything they want to. Although I have a lot of questions about Martian technology. Where is he getting this? Is he did he make it? Is he getting it from the white Martians? His entire race of people are dead, right? So he he's has just, to get that Martian technology from somewhere. He's just been working on he's been noodling on it for years now. <laughs> so he so he has this Martian technology that can turn his building, his apartment building, his his place where all the bookshelves are. You know, you know that place where he was gonna be a detective. You remember when he was gonna be a detective? No, I nobody don't. cares about that anymore. <laughs> um so so I don't mind that the building turns into a ship. My question is, why do you need it? You already have the Legion cruiser. The Legion cruiser has tons of technology, futuristic technology, mind you. Plus, it's big enough that they can house a lot of people in there. And it's got that cool, like, white look and the revolving chair and everything. Is it because... <laughs> But no, they still have the Legion cruiser because they went to Midvale in it. Have the chair. My maybe my biggest critique of this turn that like the tower is actually a spaceship is that the chairs in the spaceship, and this is such a minor critique, but it looked like <laughs> it looked like a gaming chair you could buy off Amazon, and they all had like these little like red stripes down the back, and it was like they were like. They were clearly like swivel chairs that had wheels. And I was like, guys, I know it's, listen, it's the CW and it's the last season. We're all tired, right? We're all tired. <laughs> but could you have done a better job of masking that you just bought some chairs, some gaming chairs off of Amazon? Like it just took me every time it took me out of the moment when they're like, okay, I have to go get up to do this. And I was like, oh no, don't swivel the chair. Don't swivel the chair. <laughs> it, it really takes away from the Martian technology aspect of it, doesn't it? It does. He's like, I've been working on this for years. I was like, really? No, well, here's here's my He's like I had to source parts from wherever. <laughs> wherever I could get them. Here's here's my my rebuttal to that critique is that maybe they should have looked like gaming chairs. They were sitting in these consoles probably for long periods of time. True. And they were doing sort of gaming kind of things. Yeah. 
So why couldn't they be gaming chairs? I, I mean, that's I, what gaming chairs are for. They're for people who sit there for a long period of for time. For a long period of time. And who I are only that, doing things up, up top with their hands. That's true. I think that later this season, they should have like a gaming championship in the spaceship. I think they that's are, what They already have happen. game nights. Exactly. Let's Just move it in there now. <laughs> I think that that makes uh, sense to me. Uh, oh, yeah. And Leslie points out they were gaming chairs with lap seat belts. Uh, so there, there is that. Uh, so safety <laughs> first is what John safe, says. Safety first in that shape shifting. Such, such a good space bet, Dad. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Keenan here brings up a really good point. Is also a point I had. What <laughs> what happened after that thing shot up in the air out of out of the ground where it was formerly a building and then into space? Is there just an? He asks. Like, is there just an empty plot of land? Was someone just walking the dog down the road and all of a sudden a building just blasts no, off? I don't I don't think that's what happened. I think the building <laughs> is still there. Like they say the tower's a ship, but I think there's a ship inside the tower. Because the build the building, like it it kind of opens up and the, the top of it comes down and then a little thing shoots out of it. So I think there's just the ship inside there. So so is that's, the tower. that's how I saw it. I buy this. But is the tower then like a Russian nesting doll? Just <laughs> Yes, I think so. And and in that case, is there a tinier ship inside the ship that we have now? <laughs> well, there was an escape pod. See? Oh, so it is. <laughs> what if there was an escape pod within that escape pod? <laughs> you have to escape from the escape pod. Yes. <laughs> that is, man, I would not want to be in that situation to have to escape from the it's escape like a, It's like a, it, his building is like a turducken. It's just like a thing within a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think there there's still a building when the ship leaves. But then I'm like, well, why don't they just have another ship? Why does the... Why does the tower have to become it? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't understand the need. I, I I don't mind the idea of it. Like I think it's kind of cool, but you already have the Legion cruiser. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like the tower becoming the ship broke something very deep inside of me when I watched it. <laughs> again, again, probably shouldn't watch it late at night, and so I was already <laughs> sleepy. I was already sleepy, and I was like, "Wait, what? The tower is a ship." Wait, what? There's islands in the Phantom Zone? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was um, something that... Uh, May, uh, wait, oh my God, Rebecca, what if, to talk about. what if this is one of Jean's dark secrets? He has a lot of them, <laughs> and is. I would not be... Because so, he did keep this from them. He did. They were all surprised about it, so it was technically a secret. So maybe finally, seasons later, <laughs> we've learned one of his secrets. <laughs> uh, yes, that's one of them because the secret that we always joked about apparently was revealed in a deleted scene. So well, maybe that'll be one of the episodes that we get to during the hiatus. <laughs> we is just, to talk about we just get a blow by blow of the deleted scene, <laughs> so everybody knows about it now. <laughs> so Jean does seem to uh, keep things from other people. He doesn't tell them that I mean, that would be kind of necessary information for them to know like hey guys by the way this building that you're in has a retractable roof and then a spaceship <laughs> a shape-shifting spaceship can come out of it and that's what we're getting in today that thing you're strapping yourself into that's that's what we're doing here like you would you would think that he would tell them that that's important information uh oh, yeah boy. 
Oh, I'm glad we got that out of the way. So uh, we can talk. <laughs> thank you for thank you for indulging me. I just I needed no right problem. up at the top to be like, what's happening? No problem. I think I think we got out my my island situation and we worked through your tower <laughs> questions. You. So I, think- I feel better about I feel better about the tower ship situation. Now watch, we're gonna come back from break and they're gonna be like, the building did blast off, but. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the the two more, most important aspects of this episode, but we'll get to some other things. Um, so they do have some fear visions that do say something about their characters. Um, so what did you think? Uh, let, let's let's work through Alex's uh, sure. fear vision. Let's so do you it. have any <laughs> any thoughts about that? Well, Alex's was deceptive, too, because I think they wanted the audience to think it was really happening and that it wasn't a fear vision. And I don't think you get the point that they're fear visions until we flash back from or I was tired, but until we flash back (laughs) from commercial break and uh, suddenly it's like zooming in on Lena and Alex is fine in the background and you're like, hey, what? weren't we just watching this? Uh, And then I think that... that's when I was like, oh, it's their fear visions. Uh, but but at first, I just thought it was actually happening. Like, yeah, everything about what happens there, I completely buy. Like, that that Alex would want to go on the mission, that she would, like, fight with Jean about it. Um, I'm not sure, like, her getting infected and then being like, no one will know. Uh, <laughs> A little bit ridiculous. I was like, Al- mm-hmm. Alex, girl, come on. No, just because you can put that hood up doesn't mean we can't, you know. The, the hood actually served a purpose. It did. It did. She was like, I got this. <laughs> I got this. No one will know that I'm infected with phantoms. <laughs> uh, but I, I did appreciate that they brought the, you know, the what we know about phantoms um, and their infections and things back from the first couple of episodes like that became a plot point that was you know that played a part in this episode yeah i i buy the idea that alex would have a problem with jean being the one to go and be the touchstone for car because it does make more sense even when i was tweeting uh on on twitter while i was watching the episode i was like they're not gonna send Kara's sister out that's dumb <laughs> uh, so i totally understood why she would have that argument with him but uh, and i also maybe even buy into the idea that she would fight the fandom the, the phantom yeah recklessly she, like she, i, I buy that one hundred percent lost me though when she like kicks John into the containment and like cell and it's like all right off I go to save Car and I was like but he's like an actual superhero with like powers and like your power is coolness and eyeshadow and so <laughs> I would have put my money on him to save her <laughs> and and the Martian and Martian technology that can give her weapons and, uh, obviously yes I mean there's gotta get there's, those alien guns in there's somehow. That. But but also those don't really do much against the phantoms as as we've seen not too much, uh, so yeah I I sort of bought her vision to a degree but I I'm with you that it was it was a little bit confusing um, and I, I I guess I also buy maybe too that she would lock herself in the escape pod to draw the phantoms away from the ship so the rest of the team can keep going I sort of I sort of get that the the one thing and we'll we'll talk about this with some of the other fear visions is. They establish early on that uh, that you have to use the grounding technique of focusing on things that are real so that you can get out of the vision. They they make a really big point to tell you that. And then <laughs> even with the first vision, Alex doesn't do that. There's well, no grounding technique that happens to get her out of it. 
what, so what that's I love, where I was confused because I didn't know when she got out of it. I didn't yeah, know when she got in and I didn't know when she got out. <laughs> so what I love about the point that you're making is that they do establish early on, like to get out of these fear visions, you use this grounding technique. And then only one character uses that grounding technique to get in out of a fear vision to the best of my knowledge. And it's only Lena. Lena does. And at one point I think Kelly does. Does she? But, I, I didn't think that I, she, cause I me, feel like they didn't know her. that they like, most of them didn't know that they were in a fear vision. I think only Lena became self-aware and was like, it's kind of weird that this nightmare creature would just suddenly pop up for me. <laughs> so here's, here's the problem with the structure. And and maybe we're sort of <laughs> bypassing some of the other fear visions. We'll we'll, we'll get back to well, this. Well, we'll circle back around. But those, the structure though. Here here's what they ended up doing. Because I was a little confused when I got to the end. I was like, okay, I guess I kind of understand what they did. But then it also doesn't make sense. So I, from what I understand, they do the fear visions. They show the grounding techniques of maybe one or two of them, and at the end, you see them get out of it. You see them sort of like sort of get out so, of it. And sometimes yeah. sometimes it works for the positive and sometimes like Brainy still shoots out the door, you know, like I don't that was really confusing to me. <laughs> it, it seems like guess, it would make more sense to help them get out of it using the grounding technique as they're going through the vision. Yeah. So so my my question or concern or my issue with the, the structure is basically the same as yours. It's that like they set, they established, okay, this is how you get out of these fear visions, right? Otherwise you're stuck in them. But then three of the characters just pop out just cause it's the end of the episode. Like, I think that they would have needed to show each of those characters, like Kelly and Alex and Nia realize, oh, this is the fear vision and this is how I get out. But watching it, I was like, I don't think that they know it's the fear vision at all. Like, I feel like Kelly might have suspected, like, this has gone really, really awry for me. But, like, I don't, Alex shoots out and, like, pops out of the ship. How, do, how does that jog her out? And, like, Nia is, like, just holding on trying not to get sucked out of the ship crying Nia, and like Nia did I think recognize almost immediately that it was some sort of dream. I don't know if she, she knew I don't know if she knew it was the fear vision, but she knew something oh, was weird I thought about she it. like had a dream in her fear vision and then oh, the fear maybe vision that's... was all about how she could oh, hadn't interpreted the dream. So she had a dream enough. inside the fear vision? Yep, it's oh. like Inception, Rebecca. <laughs> okay, so I dream just assumed that when she said dream, I thought she meant the fear vision. Um, yes, uh, and I Keenan, should clarify. Keenan back I'm... me up here. He says she she dreamt first. So oh, okay, okay, okay. So that then makes, she had a fear vision. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. To but be also fair, not. it's very confusing. <laughs> yes. So I should clarify. I looked at my notes. Oh, okay, so in Kelly's fear vision, when she's having it, we never see her come out of the fear vision. But at the end, with, with the Guardian foreshadowing, Kelly beats the Fear Vision with a shield to protect everyone from the Phantom. So she yeah. only she only kind of does the grounding technique about the hikes and the and this is another thing she she beats it at the end. That's I needed to finish my thought there. Yes. My other question: the more I think about this, like episode, how the more does she get Alex out of? Okay. The Here's Alex no, is let, let me ask her question. Let me ask her question because <laughs> I think this will go into your thought. Yeah. How do people? Because it seemed like sometimes it would be like 
like if you were having the fear, no, if I was having the fear of vision, yeah, this is, this is kind of a complicated example. This is, this is my question. So sometimes characters who had the fear of vision would do the grounding technique about the other person. So like, if I was in the fear of vision, I would be like, Morgan likes to go to Disney world and <laughs> she has cats and, uh, she's uh, gonna marry Mike soon. That those are the things that I. But but Remember that doesn't make sense about yourself. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense because you're not, you're supposed to use the grounding technique on yourself, and it's also not supposed to be like it's. I think Kel, uh, Kelly says like Alex, you like hiking and you like this and you like that, but the grounding technique is supposed to be like more like um, I'm sitting in a chair. I have a right. desk in front of me. Um, yes. You know, it's dark. It's nighttime. I'm here. It's like, you know, it's, 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 I've got a ring light in front of me, you know, like, you know, sights, sounds, it's smells, to bring you like back. That. It's supposed to, to ground bring you, back, you back into reality, back into your reality. So right. if I was just like, there's a desk in front of me, I like cats. Like, I don't know, two, one of those things is not gonna, I don't think, get at me anywhere. Maybe you could say you had a cat in the room. Yeah, there's a cat in the room, but it's not like, <laughs> Uh, okay i'm sitting in a chair my feet are on the ground i like hiking like what (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't do anything oh just play by your own rules supergirl (laughs) yeah so they set up these rules kind of early on and i was i was with them i understood the rules (laughs) and then when they got into these fear visions i didn't it it all fell apart and i was very confused about it because i i think great like like um, I think Lena does it right and Brainy does it right, where they're like talking about where they are and what they're doing and like where like their present surroundings to like get them out of the fear vision. But but when Kelly does it to Alex to like snap her out of it, it's like it's like um, she's just trying to be like you know you're Alex Danvers, you're really cool, you love that eyeshadow. Like st- <laughs> apparently Alex <laughs> likes hiking. We've never seen her hike. I don't never. Sh- I'm not sure I believe it, but uh, <laughs> it's good to know. Doesn't feel know. like Alex. <laughs> uh, but she's like, you like hiking. Alex is like, I don't think I do. And she's like, you do. <laughs> but like, I I don't know. It was so strange. I feel like um, like Alex and and Kelly and Nia just got broken out of their fear vision because the story needed them to be out of it now. And like, it would have been so easy for them to recognize like, Hey, everything that's happening is like a little over the top. Like, I bet this is a fear vision and then decide to get themselves out of it. And that like, that was where I thought it was all going. But the only character who was like fully immersed in the fear vision and like recognized this is a fear vision was Lena. And when she pet that little water spray, when she was like, Hey girl, Hey, Oh mom. <laughs> so watery. Love your hair though. <laughs> like, yeah. Lena was the only one who did it properly as the story told us it should be done. And for that, she's the, my MVP of the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, she did. Um, she did. We, we saw her go into the engine room to check on the coolant leak and she runs into this Kelpie thing, which is a shapeshifter <laughs> that drags people underwater. And it was tied to her story of her mother's drowning, which is a topic I'm not going to touch, uh, <laughs> at all. <laughs> We're just going to mention that it happened. So, so I will say when it comes to the, the different fear, um, visions i thought that 
almost all of them were really effective character studies, except Alex's. Like, all we kind of see Alex do is flip out that she can't go get her sister, make a bunch of really poor decisions, and and then shoot out an airlock. It just it I, felt like what were we what were we discovering about Alex? What were we digging into about Alex? Is it that like she's kind of she kind of thinks that she knows everything like is that it is like what was her flaw that she was like or you know deep trauma that she was diving into i, I know yes cara but then and like, trying to protect cara always but then she made just like a series of remarkably poor decisions <laughs> well first i want to apologize because i feel like i keep interrupting you and i'm very sorry oh no i keep uh, interrupting you there's just no, so much about this I, episode. I think i think we're just so like excited to uh, uh address these issues uh so uh, <laughs> characters and motivations on this show <laughs> <laughs> so i'm so sorry for interrupting you but uh but i do think it was about alex's need to be the protector to be the sister to be the per- i mean we've already kind of we already so- saw that a little bit in the midvale episodes um, so it seemed like maybe they could dig into something else with her, but I guess in terms of the story, she's, she's on her way to save her sister. They're, they're in the tower ship going to the phantom zone with all the islands. And that's, this is, this is her motivation for this part of the story. So they needed to delve into her, uh, her need to be the protector of her sister. So Donna says, Alex's fear is letting everyone down or not being able to save everyone, which I totally, I, I would, I would agree with that. I just think that the other, the other segments were kind of felt more character study. Like we were really digging into some stuff and Alex's felt like it was still kind of surface. I guess also, that's my critique of it. Yeah, no, I understand. And um, I also would say that to Donna's point, I think Jean's fear was also letting everyone down and not being able to save anyone. Um, yeah. th- so I guess maybe if if you want to uh, dive into Jean's uh, just a little bit while we're here, um, I did we that's see ca- Jean's that- fear? So I think his was the last one, and and the reason I know it was a fear vision is because of the turbulence and the white flash. <laughs> so I know that we went into it. Um, and so that's kind of what I actually wrote down in my notes. I said, is Jean's fear not being able to save everyone? Or is it also maybe being overpowered by the Phantom? Because the the Phantom, it, it's really interesting. Actually, I, I kind of thought this one was really interesting because the Phantom hits Jean. And this is how I interpreted it. If somebody else disagrees, let me know. But it wasn't really clearly defined. So this is how I read it. The Phantom hits Jean with all of the other fear visions from all the other characters, from Dreamer, from Kelly, from Lena, from uh-huh. Alex, and even Supergirl. And uh, and so he uses those fear visions and he psychically throws it back at the Phantom. And he says, I'll show you what it's like to be afraid. So, <laughs> I, I, so I think his was more uh, fear of maybe not being able to save everybody on board the ship or uh, not being able to defeat the Phantom, because I guess he felt like maybe he should be the one to do that. Um, And also, he's maybe possibly also carrying all that stuff that happened to Magan still with him. I don't know. That's me reaching. Uh, But but that's kind of how I read Jean's. I think that's a good reading. So I will say 100%, I did not think he had a fear vision. I thought that... (laughs) interpretation uh, <laughs> again remember very late so i could be wrong uh but i thought that he was like 
I thought that his fight with the Phantom was not a fear vision. It was just like actually happening. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody go back and check, but I th I thought there was turbulence and a white flash, and that's how I knew it was. <laughs> so so Electra seems to think as I do, which again could be wrong, could be right. She says he fought the Phantom, but I don't think it was part of the fear vision. But well, what, again, well, why did they have the turbulence? See, this is another rule they set up with the editing of it. Is that that's how they would go in and out of the fear visions, and so you can't do that and then not say it was a fear. So I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at that. But that's that's interesting that we both came to different conclusions because it really wasn't outlined very well. So it could <laughs> be either or. Or like all great art, is it open to interpretation? It's, it's open ended. I feel like you can. I feel like for right, discussion, we can look at it either way. Either this is this is the the work of art to have different interpretations, or the story was not written very tightly, and so. <laughs> And so we are questioning everything. Which is it? <laughs> Who knows? The, the generous reading is... The generous reading to, is, 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 is like all art is open to interpretation. <laughs> all art is subjective. That's the generous all, reading. All art makes you really confused sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's interesting about Jean's uh, fear vision. So... Uh, so I guess we we talked a little bit about uh, Kelly's fear vision, but uh, it was is there anything that you want to talk about with her specifically? Um, Kelly's fear vision I thought was really interesting, and I thought was good lead up to her becoming guardian, right? So I feel like weirdly enough, I've been complaining like they usually don't service that character super well. It's usually like, and then Kelly's here doing it, and you're like wait, Kelly's doing what? And they're like, don't worry. She, <laughs> she can do it all. She's a Renaissance woman. And you're like, but, but I thought she was, what? Um, but in this case, with the Guardian stuff, they are building it up like pretty, pretty gradually, like block by block in a way that is logical and makes sense. And so it doesn't really connect with me. Like watching this show, I'm like, wait, who's this logical character progression? I don't understand. Because <laughs> uh, last season we saw her with the shield in crisis. And then at the beginning of this season, she has to fight the phantom uh, and almost dies. And she's thinking, oh my God, everybody around me is a superhero. And I'm just this lame regular person who can do many different jobs and is actually very valuable out in the workforce. <laughs> but, uh, but here I feel, you know, I don't feel powerful enough. And so in this, her, her fear vision is all about everybody's a superhero, everybody's powerful, um, except her. And like, what is she going to do to fight them? And so I thought that that moment when she grabs, what is it? it it's like a piece of rock or something that looks like a shield off of the, or maybe like a piece of the ship that oh, falls. Yeah, it was, um, it's actually a uh, part of the door. It's like an upside down S shield. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Down. Yeah, when when that falls down, it looks like a shield, and and she uses it to protect herself. It's like nice foreshadowing, and I thought it was really interesting. Like you know, diving into that part of Kelly that that is feels like she's less than the rest of them, even though you know she's this very like kind of even keel you know um, person. 
she still has that, you know, if you're all of your friends were superheroes, you probably would also have some anxiety about like, uh Oh, well, what if I'm on my own? And I think that there's that moment where she like Nia and uh, vampire Nia and Lena, <laughs> because they looked like vampires. And so they were, uh, in my mind. They, they were phantom possessed. They were phantom possessed, but they were they were bringing me vampire vibes. Think. <laughs> uh, but like when they start like uh, p- like progressing on her, and she just keeps yelling Alex, Alex, like, um, and then Alex shows up, and she's also phantom possessed. I think that was like her big fear is like, oh no, I'm all alone with all of these super, you know, these super people. So um, there is a comment from a Pachua that addresses something that I wanted to sort of <laughs> segue into uh, from your really good points uh, that Lena isn't a superhero either. And so this is what I struggled with, with Kelly's vision, your vision, <laughs> because I'm with you. I think that's actually really cool of them to explore her insecurities about just being a regular human and not being a superhero. Look, like all of her friends, but all of her friends are not superheroes. And it's funny because the, the p- sort of possess group of dreamer lena and alex they sort of taunt her about it and they say uh that uh that her friends i guess couldn't fight it and neither could you and they call her weak and call her a human and then they say we are heroes with unparalleled intellects incredible and incredible strength and yet we all succumbed and what chance do you stand and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense coming from this group because lena she has unparalleled intellect but no incredible strength. And she's no, just no. human. Alex has unparalleled intellect, but she doesn't have any incredible strength. And she's just a human. Dreamer I mean, Alex has- is in like, amazing shape though she's like amazing she shape. she has been working on her fitness she she does <laughs> she does look good um but dreamer has incredible strength with her dream energy powers but uh i would argue maybe doesn't have unparalleled intellect i mean she's smart but she's, she's no, smart enough know, she's smart enough but she's no lena luther um no, no. and she's and she's half a human so it didn't really make sense to me that <laughs> these three of all of them would be taunting kelly about this when they don't even have uh, the exact things that they're taunting her with. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I think it would have made more sense to have it be like Nia and John and Brainy. Oh, because yeah. those people are actual like superhero with power superheroes. Yes. Um, I think you need Alex in there just because of the personal tie between yeah. Kelly and, and Alex. But uh, but Lena being in there doesn't make a ton of sense lena's like and my power is fashion and smarts and it's like (laughs) okay uh cool and she's like wait i'm sorry and money (laughs) all right yeah but like i mean in in a generous reading she has as much superpowers as batman so yeah yeah. And so <laughs> I was I was struggling a little bit about what the show was trying to say with Kelly's fear vision, because there's also a moment right before all of the uh, vampire uh, phantom possessed uh, people. Uh, Kelly says, uh, you are all superheroes and I'm just and Brainy says the one keeping us all from losing our minds. And <laughs> to me, that that's a valuable asset that Kelly would be this person who would be able to give them a way to get out of these fear visions. And to me, that serves as just as much as, you know, um, serves a, a, a point just as much as Lena and her ability to create sun bombs. You know, they <laughs> all have their talents and their expertise in their own fields. And that, to me, that should be enough. And I think that is cool enough. Yeah. I think that would be the I, case. I agree. I think that's like, 
it's one of those cases where Kelly is super valuable and the team really needs her, but she doesn't see it herself. And so I think we're seeing her worst fear, which is not like kind of reflected in reality. And so I guess from that perspective, I can kind of buy the the lineup of people that they have, because again, we could argue, I think it could be argued that, that Lena is no more superhero than Kelly uh, who, you know, also is smart and uh, emotionally together. So she's got the one thing Lena doesn't have. Uh, (laughs) I love Lena. Please people. I love Lena, but um, we all love Lena here. Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) But, but so, but I think that, you know, she, in her mind, she's like, well, all these people are so much better than me. And they're, they all know how to do the superheroing thing. And I think it's, it's also important to remember, and it would be easy to forget because the writer sure didn't care about it, but she only just learned that car is super girl, like right. a couple of episodes ago we, between we two episodes. We didn't see it, but we, we know that it happened. It wasn't <laughs> important for her development, but it might be important for how she looks at everybody else now. Mm-hmm. And like, it was like, oh, well, you guys have all been in this like superheroing, you know, mode for so much longer than me. And you guys all know it. And like Lena's in the background, like, actually, I'm brand new too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a really good point because I, I think Lena and Kelly are very similar in the fact that they're brand new to the Super Friends, or, or at least at least to the point that they know the secrets and all the identities and everything. Um, and they also have the technology uh, aspect of their field of expertise. Kelly was talking about Q-Waves. You know yeah. who also knows about Q-Waves? Lena Luther exactly. knows a lot about Q-Waves. I feel like, Why yeah, did they put the two of them together? They're very much on the same sort of level. So, yeah, I agree. But I, I thought it was an interesting exploration of, like... Um, her fears that might not make logical sense. And a lot of fears don't make logical sense. That's true. Like brainies. He's afraid of balloons. Um, <laughs> so, so much, uh, so much emotion that they could pop at have any you, moment. Have you ever been stuck in a room full of balloons though? What if you uh, can't get out? What if you, what if you, you have to go and you have to pop all the balloons? What if you're oh, claustrophobic so and you get stuck into a room? <laughs> So I feel like they, for Brainy, that they missed a perfect opportunity to play 99 Loof Balloons. Uh, yeah, I don't think dun, they have dun, the money dun, for dun, dun, dun. They don't have money for 99 They don't have Loof it. Balloons. They don't have the money for it. That's true. We did see what the Phantom Islands look, Phantom Zone Islands looks like. <laughs> That's where all of the money went. Uh, the Phantom Islands and the uh, Tower uh, uh, Takeoff. Yeah. So I thought, and I thought, I thought Lena's fear vision was really interesting too. This idea of like her deep fear of drowning. And I was like, are they going to put her in like a vat of water or something? And I was like, no, don't, don't worry. They don't have the budget for that. Uh, (laughs) What are they? Titanic? (laughs) No. Um, But I did, I did think it was like, it was kind of telling we learned more about like, how her trauma from her whole life, basically, I was going to say just her mother's death, but no, her whole life, like how that has manifested into like specific, specific phobias or like that she would read this like fairy tale book about like the Kelpie, this uh, creature that like drowns you. And she would just read it over and over and be like, it was my fault. It's like, Oh my God, why did no one put this child in therapy? Uh, we could really you're, use you're, you're not. I, I just want to clarify. You're not telling anybody that uh, little Lena Luther was uh, a, 
a scary child. I just I just want to clarify that we're no, not no. we're not saying that she may no. have had some uh, problems when she was a small child uh, <laughs> during and after her mother's death. I just I just I just want to clarify. No, no, no. Little Lena yeah. was totally well adjusted. She was reading such that a, a beautiful, a beautiful, stable, uh, smart. Totally, child. totally stable. Feeling totally great. Had a great support <laughs> system around her in the Luthers. <laughs> and was just just reading a a, a, a st- fairy tale story about drowning over and over and over again. You know, <laughs> as normal, well adjusted children do. <laughs> I mean, every time we hear something about Lena's backstory, it's more and more depressing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, how are you even standing? What's? <laughs> I'm so sorry, but um, but I thought that the um, her her connecting with Nia about their mothers and and losing their mothers was an interesting way of like talking about the issues that both of those characters had. So I liked the mirroring there, and then obviously I liked that Lena was the only one who was like. Oh, my very specific fear is killing everybody. This could be that fear vision thing. But I, and, and I love this. Hmm. This one's a puzzler, but I think it's I think it's probably not real. But I did love the uh, I, they had to get in that alien homage and, and God yeah, bless them. They did it. Yeah. Yeah. If you were going to do it, I guess at least, you know, do it well. If you're gonna steal, uh, steal from the greats. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did like Lena's because it did play into her story, and it was consistent with what we've been told about her uh, mother drowning, and even the fact that her mother had told her those folk tales, which relates back to Andrea and Leviathan and that medallion, which we don't care about anymore. Uh, well, we do. The storytelling and the writers the storytelling don't. Storytelling, sure it, but, but at least, at least it did connect from a place that I, that we did know. About. I keep feeling like there's going to be some twist with her mom not really being dead because of how like the the amulet and then this about, you know, the the water creature and like bringing it up again. But I doubt it. (laughs) Did did you get the sense because I kind of did and I don't know if I was reading into it, but did you get the sense that maybe like a Kelpie did kill her mother? Like something did pull her down? I did. I did get that. I was like. Ooh, to twist, but I feel like we might be reading too much into it. I also it. don't want to talk about Lena's mother very much because it often <laughs> will get me in trouble. But I did, I did get that sense that maybe there could have been something that may, maybe it wasn't just her mother drowning. Maybe something had happened uh, that pulled her in. Yeah, I I just I feel know. like they've been mentioning her mother way more than they did previously. Um, between like the, you know, last season and kind of this season. And it makes me wonder if it's going anywhere of like, we're going to get some twist about what happened there or, you know, if she's going to turn out to be like, LOL, I faked it. Um, but probably not is the thing. It's just, it's just them probably like, Oh, let's dive into some of her trauma. Let's, uh, which one should we pick? Which trauma should we should we dive into? Which of Lena Luther's many traumas should we explore? Well, there are some predictions here. Uh, Claudia says, I think the medallion and Leviathan will come up again in Lena's story in the second half of the season. Uh, that's a bold statement. We're going to hold Ooh. you to that. We'll see if that happens. Uh, if they ever mention Leviathan again, I will be very surprised. I think we'll get maybe <laughs> the medallion before we get Leviathan. Oh, uh, Kanisha says, I thought that the Kelpie was going to be her mother. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah, that could have been a way to read it. I I, I was <laughs> sort of looking at it like, 
does that look like Katie McGrath? Are they are they basing <laughs> it after her? Because we, I mean, I hope Lena's mother does show up. Cause we could get double the Katie McGraw. I'd be into Listen, it. And I've already pitched this. It's it would be great. Katie McGraw, slap that wig on. Good to go. Good to go. <laughs> Give her, let her let her do. If you if you're like, oh, people won't won't be able to tell them apart. Let her do a real accent. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need to leave do. halfway there anyway. Kel- Kelpies, and um, I guess maybe we could uh, go to something from uh, an Instagram message that we uh, got from Yvonne seventy two because I think it's applicable here. Uh, Yvonne seventy two sent us a message through Instagram that said, "quote In case you're interested, here's a fine example of Kelpies that Lena referenced. These, and I'll let me pull up the the picture that she referenced. So these are the Kelpies. Uh, it, here's a fine Wait. example of Kelpies that Lena referenced. There, these are a hundred feet tall, and one of my clients is the sculptor." Andy Scott, worth a visit when you're next in Scotland. So these are oh, actually cool. Scottish. So maybe maybe Mama Luther could have a Scottish accent. And I love that. It. That would make a lot of sense. So Wait, those are, are the Kelpies. Are, are Kelpies horses? I guess so. It did not necessarily look like it. Sort of maybe <laughs> looked like a seahorse. Did it look like a? It, what did it, it look like, like a, to you? A, 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 I was very tired. It looked like a. <laughs> Like a water-based monster, like yes, not okay. a specific monster, just kind of like a water-based monster. Yes, no, it didn't. I, I it didn't look horse-like to me. I think I would have been like horsies. <laughs> maybe, maybe it should have leaned more into a seahorse because of the I water. So. Like you could, you could have gotten there with a seahorse. We, we know Lena loves horses. She she <laughs> rode them all the time. Wow, they, you know, I, 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 want, I want to give them credit for piecing these things together, but I don't know if they uh, intentionally did that to where a Kelpie would be connected to Lena and the horses. But uh, let's, let's, let's say that was the case. They intended that. <laughs> so uh, I think the only fear dream that we haven't talked about um, is dreamers. dreamers is dreamers. And so I thought hers was really good. I think I like what they're they've been doing with her this season. I feel like they're kind of retroactively trying to explain her random powers now, which on one hand I appreciate, and on the other hand I resent uh, because you could have just shown her developing those powers. It's like <laughs> three seasons later, she's like, "I don't know, I can do all these weird things that I don't know how," and it's like it would have been great for that to have been your story like two seasons ago. Now it's kind of like. Oh, we're getting dinged a lot because she has so many random powers. So let's like try to explain that. <laughs> yeah, we're in this now. Like, yeah, you you missed that shot. Uh, we we we've fully invested. Yeah, we've suspended. We've suspended all of our disbelief. We just believe that she can stop a tsunami, right? Like we're <laughs> we're here. Okay, so like just let it happen. But but I like the idea of like that that it's been really bothering her that she can't interpret her dreams correctly. She doesn't really understand a lot of her power. She doesn't even know like the full extent of what she can do or how she can do it. And like that's a lot of that goes back to like the trauma of losing her mom, who was like that fountain of wisdom about her powers and she doesn't know all of that information so it makes me think that we're eventually going to go back to her hometown maybe go back to her sister and that kind of family relationship and get more deep into there because this is not this is like maybe the third episode that's mentioned it with her which frustrates me because it's like okay we get it she doesn't know how to (laughs) interpret her dreams enough progress it from there you can't 
to me, like, it doesn't make sense to keep repeating it over and over and over again without getting her to that next step. The next step should be, oh, well, maybe I should just, you know, you know, get over myself and call my sister and get her help. You know, maybe we can patch things up and, and, and that will help me like that. That seems like the logical next step is to get in touch with Maeve, but they haven't, I don't know what they're waiting on, but it feels like they just keep repeating over and over again. Oh, I don't know. Like by the time she got to the fear vision and that her fear vision was, I don't know how to interpret my dreams. I was like, yeah, I know. Cause you've said that the last several episodes. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was like a big plot. And I think it might just be that like, this is a story, a story all about fears, but it's also, you know, we had a lot of Nia kind of working through or dealing with this in the last two episodes. But like, I, to be fair, I don't know what else they would have her major fear be. Well, couldn't I, the fear couldn't the fear be? And this is just me kind of pitching ideas. The fear could be I don't know how to interpret my dreams, but I also fear the idea that I would have to call my sister to <gasps> figure that out. Yes. See, I like that because then you bring in a new shade to that yes. fear. It's not. Yes, I a hundred percent agree. Like what they're doing is they're just hitting the same point over and over. Right, Beaker? <laughs> what did you think about it? <laughs> but what they should be doing. I just is, wish Beaker would just like sit down and stare at the camera uh, and just like sit with you. Like if he could just pose, that would be great. Just stay there. Literally just took the headphones off of. No, you've got to let them go now. <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. Here, play with the uh, bottle. Play with the bottle. Oh my God, it's a water bottle. <laughs> God, cats. Um, I don't know what I was saying. It was something uh, about Dreamer. It was insightful. I was agreeing with you though. They're they're hitting the same, they're hitting the same story beats over and over, and they can hit that same story idea, but at a different angle. But yeah. they're like, no, I like this angle. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was hoping they would get to, but uh, but they never did. And I guess maybe part of her dream, or her, not part of her dream, because then you talk about the dream instead of the fear vision. Uh, <laughs> part of her fear vision, I think, was also losing Brainy. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, he gets put in danger because the airlock opens up and everything's flying out. So I guess there's part of that, too. But that wasn't, to me, that wouldn't have been as strong. I know she loves Brainy, but... I think the introduction of the Maeve stuff, but then that also you have to, you have to know that you're going to bring Maeve back in at the end of the season before you introduce something like that. So <laughs> I don't know if they planned that far, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's what I would have done. Yeah, I hope so. So I guess my biggest critique of this episode is that we got an entire episode that was about all the super friends fears, but this is a show called Supergirl. And her fear was like, oh, my fear is that my friends are in trouble. And it was like a second. Like, I, I did appreciate that she, like, lost hope. And she was like, oh, I was so naive. It's, like, not worth doing. And, like, obviously, that's a tough place to see Supergirl. as She's a very hopeful character. But <laughs> I don't know. Like, it feels like we got to really deep dive deep into a bunch of our characters. And when it came to Supergirl, it was like, nah. I have some understanding of the fact that Melissa had her maternity leave and so they started shooting without her, which was always my big fear when I heard that because I was like, you can't start shooting episodes without your big lead. That's not a good sign. 
and all my all my fears all my fears came true that <laughs> that the, the lead is not getting a lot of screen time and it it did frustrate me a little bit because I, I i don't normally like look at the episode steals stills beforehand because i don't want to get spoiled sometimes i have to use them to create graphics and things like that but uh but when i looked at them i was like oh there's a lot of pictures here with Kara and Zorel in the Phantom Zone. I got kind of excited about it. I was like, oh, we're going to get more time in the Phantom Zone with them? I was, <laughs> I was like, yes, this is this is the episode. They're going to get into it with Kara. And then she was in it for like the first three minutes and then she came back for the last five. And I was like, are you serious? That's all we're getting in here? And to your point, they should have shown a fear vision for her. Now, they did talk about earlier on that she had, when she first got attacked by a Phantom that she had the vision of seeing all of her friends die uh, because of the rain thing. She had flashed back to the end of season three where she saw everybody dead. So that's her big, that's Supergirl's big fear, I think, is that all of her friends are going to die. And she mentions that here in this episode. But what frustrated me about the ending um, is that none of it felt earned. None of it felt earned to me. Like them rescuing Carl with the sun bomb didn't feel earned because it happened, you know, immediately and they flew up and it was done. Uh, the stuff with her father didn't feel earned because it was like, if maybe you had expanded on this the whole episode, if you had shown their whole progression of losing hope, maybe at the end, them regaining that hope would feel earned. But the way they did it, it didn't feel earned. The reunion between, at least this is all from my perspective, maybe yeah. other people disagree, and that's fine. Um, but then even when Kara goes back on the ship and hugs Alex, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I should <laughs> care about that. I love Kara and Alex. I love the Danvers sisters. But I didn't care because it didn't feel earned to me. Um, so that was my big frustration about the episode in general. I thought it was, and I guess we can maybe... Uh, get into you know phantom zone and then overall thoughts but uh but to me this this episode i think it it was structurally very ambitious i don't know that it, it succeeded on every level because it was very confusing in a lot of parts uh there were some great scenes of acting but it, it just didn't feel earned to me i i wish i wish i had felt i wish i'd felt that despair from supergirl and i really didn't yeah i just think it was from too little screen time there just wasn't we just didn't get a lot of her we didn't get it was like we got uh, like a five second scene and and the uh, Zorel just kind of talked her out of it he kind of pep talked her he's like come on he gave come her a hope girl speed. hope 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 <laughs> and she was like right dad hope and um but it, i don't know yeah i agree with the it didn't feel earned i feel like we should have seen this could have been a, you know, an excuse for them to like go show her at her lowest at like a really dark place. And we saw that for maybe one minute. Um, we got it in the beginning of the episode and then we got the super friends and then we came back and we got like another minute her, her being really bummed. But I think like, you know, some of the characters, I think, you know, Nia and Kelly and Lena all got really good character meaty character stuff in this episode and so i was sad that like car like even in a short condensed period of time i feel like they could have given her something more than that um so i i, I, I agree I, with it being a little unearned i just don't know what how has she grown as a character since being uh, in the phantom zone 
she, I mean, shouldn't, I mean, I guess the question is, should she grow as a character in the Phantom Zone? I mean, yes, I think in theory she should have. She met her dad. Jason Bear's looking great. Still um, looking good. Still looking good. Still, still holding it down, Jason Bear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she made a friend and then her friend turned out to be evil, which, you know, happens to her sometimes. But that's about... <laughs> <laughs> that's about it like i don't I, mean, I don't feel like there was a a good character i feel like some of the characters this season some of our supporting characters have had a better arc with what's going on with them like nia and brainy where they've they're they feel like they're in different spots seven episodes in than they were in episode one but i don't feel that way i feel like I feel like about that for a lot of the characters, but I don't feel that way about Kara. I feel like she's hasn't changed much in these seven episodes. And considering that she is the one who's gone through potentially the most traumatizing stuff, you would think <laughs> that that wouldn't be the case. The, the stuff that she's, I mean, spending time in the Phantom Zone should be, especially as long as she was there. I don't know exactly how long she was there in terms of the, the earth prime days. Uh, I, I know they mentioned that uh, Brainy and Nia were gone for at least three days. So we know she's at least been three days in the phantom zone, but it seems like she's probably been there a little longer, <laughs> um, but it seems like she should, I mean, she's been attacked by phantoms. She, uh, you know, discovered her father was alive. She uh, almost blew up in an explosion. She thought she was never going to get home that should really like, be like tugging at my heartstrings and i just didn't feel anything am i like am i weird i just i feel like i should have felt things and i didn't No, she made a decision the last time we saw her in the phantom zone that like here's my only way out and i'm going to shatter it and potentially be in here forever yeah um to do the right thing and I don't, I feel like it would make sense to see the repercussions of that would be her, could be her losing hope. Um, but there just wasn't enough in this episode to really be there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they, they hit, they hit the notes. I just don't think they played it very beautifully. Um, I guess to use a musical analogy. Uh, so I, I think, I think they got all the notes, right. Uh, but it didn't, it wasn't in tune. Um, so that, that to me was, was frustrating. And I've been, and, and people know if you've been listening to Supergirl radio, if you've seen my tweets, like I'm a little discouraged about the Kara stuff this season and we'll get into some of the feedback. And I don't think I'm alone in this. And I understand that they probably, I don't know if like the showrunners were like, Hey, we'll, we'll wait until Melissa gets back. And the network was like, no, no, you got to start now. Like, I don't, I don't know what the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff you know, were that made them start shooting without her. So I understand their predicament. And I think they tried to give Kara as much stuff as they could. So I think there was intention there. It's just frustrating as a viewer because you know they could have pulled some more strings in the writing and they didn't. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. Um, so uh, was there anything else before we kind of wrap it up uh, that you wanted to mention that we didn't get to? I think that was most of it. I think we were pretty thorough on this one <laughs> just because we had to be, because we had no idea what was going on sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was kind of a confusing episode. Uh, I think we finally got to the end point. I don't know how strong of it it, it was. 
Um, but uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll continue to discuss it uh, while we get into feedback because we actually have a lot of it. I'm sorry, Morgan. Oh, of course uh, we do. This doc, this doc is about 18 pages. Uh, oh, no. So, <laughs> so, so hang in there with me. Um, but I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts and uh, feelings about this uh, uh, discussion of the episode of, of titled Fear Not. Uh, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about this week's Supergirl. Sure. So we, uh, our first tweet is from Claudia, uh, 26330546, who said, oh my God, loved it. Those fear dreams had me screaming at the TV, scared my dogs again. It hurt my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Your poor dogs are like, stop. (laughs) It hurt hurt my heart to see Kara give up hope, but Zorel really stepped up and hope speeched his daughter, brought a tear to my eye. Can't wait for August. At Frank... Fractal Inverter said the end was nice, but the repeating time section just wasn't fun storytelling. I kept wanting the story to move along and it just kept skipping back for another variation of the same thing. Two out of 10. So low score. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. What, what number would you put on it uh, out of 10? It's, it's, it's weird because I feel like I'm judging on a modified curve, right? Like I'm judging it against... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm judging it against like season six and season five. So out of that, I kind of enjoyed it. Like I would probably give it, you know, like maybe a seven, maybe even an eight on a generous day. Like I I, I liked that they, that they were that they were trying weird things with the structure on this one and that we got deep into the characters. Not Supergirl, of course, never her, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I I would maybe give it a four. I don't think I would go as low <laughs> as a two, but I don't think I would go as high as a five. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go four on that. Nice. <laughs> Well, we uh, we have quite the spread here. I, th- I have a feeling. That, <laughs> I have a feeling that the uh, the reactions are going to be also pretty mixed. I'm I'm interested to see what everybody yeah thought of this in one. in the live chat. Uh, put your rating of this episode <laughs> out of ten and how you would rate it. I, I think we'd be curious to see it. Nice. Uh, at K Kyle one said, so everyone knows how to run the Martian ship now. Cool, cool, cool. But aside, <laughs> but aside from that, and a bit of hammy acting, I enjoyed this episode. One of the better episodes this season. Nice to see Kelly have more than five words to say, although she didn't seem to have many memories of her and Alex to talk about. Wonder why. The, <laughs> the Phantom Zone space and Kelpie effects were pretty cool for the CW. Would have been nice to see more of, you know, Supergirl, but hopefully we'll see her in the back half. <laughs> um, at Major underscore dork 13 said loved this episode but disappointed with the season so far the phantom zone arc was dragged so much without the payoff for one character whose story actually started there uh, seven episodes overarching plot and not one fierce sequence for Kara. why would be surprised if this even has a long-lasting effect on her so i have i have a feeling she's just gonna be normal supergirl when she gets out other people. Oh, should we check in on the chat and see oh, their well, scores? We we could. We could. So we've got a two out of ten from Leslie. We've got a four from Linda. Um, Donna gives it a nine out of ten because she got oh. the sister hug she wanted at the end. High praise. High praise. Uh Keenan gives it uh, a five because it was like a time loop episode. Um 
to mine the gap gives it two stale pot stickers out of 10. Uh, Pachua says seven, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how she like sa same, same frame of reference as me. Like maybe a seven. I don't know. I'm just judging it against season six. <laughs> uh, Jay gives it a seven. Uh, nine, uh, Anthony gives it a nine. Samwise gives it a seven, mostly because I like the character. Uh, character dives. Uh, not sure gives it a five, maybe six, which is in keeping with their name. Uh, <laughs> uh, type eight, uh, eight seventy six gives it a seven out of ten, but the ending was anticlimactic. So those scores are all over the bar. I'm seeing a lot of sevens. I'm seeing a lot of seven, like seven point fives. Uh, uh, eight here. Um, the key to enjoying a Supergirl episode is to have zero expectations and just go with the flow. <laughs> I find that Fair. to also be the case. I yeah. find like just just let it happen. Just <laughs> go with it. Um. So okay. So a wide range of scores from people who thought it was pretty decent to people who were like, I hated it. <laughs> um. So at Yoda76547 said, great episode. Loved all the dancing scenes. Finding out that the Danvers sister hug was the first scene that Kyler and Melissa filmed since March makes it it makes it that much more special. Yep. That uh, was uh, apparently the case that they had not aw. seen each other until then. That's so cute. Uh, at Ferreira365 said, I enjoyed it, but the ending should have been longer with Kara and her sister. Now, in the next 13 episodes that are left, I hope that they show a hell of a lot more of Melissa. Um, at Tone underscore Ring said, what sort of planning application did John have to submit to modify the tower to have <laughs> that retractable roof? Will that affect the resale of the building? Are there <laughs> other people in that building that have to deal with a ship taking off and landing? Hashtag real estate. Tone <laughs> Ring coming in with the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> the questions that we know I want to know. There's got to be at least one real estate agent who listens to this show and you have been holding out on us and I need you to write in. <laughs> well, that's a good question though. What did the neighbors think about this? Cause even if it doesn't, even if there's still a building there, <laughs> they, it might be loud. That ship takeoff might be loud. Loud. Oh my gosh. He's going to, they're going to get so many complaints about the noise levels. <laughs> the cops, uh, I, I guess the national city uh, PD is going to get a lot of complaints. I hope we come right back to like a like a board meeting where everybody's complaining about they're like, I'm sorry, I just can't live next to this anymore. The ship keeps taking off. <laughs> <laughs> but by this time, I guess people are used to alien spaceships flying around. <laughs> just taking off out of buildings. <laughs> uh, at string uh dtd said the only thing i i have to really say is that for some reason i thought lena was implying that her mother was the water creature the mm. whole time and truly would have enjoyed seeing how that would have played out everything's fair game in a post-crisis world <laughs> so maybe her mother is still alive but she's just the creature he's just a kelpie maybe, now maybe she was pulled down into the water and became the creature and became a I would love that. Like they just like they go out to the ocean one day and she's like, Mom? <laughs> There's like a little Kelpie like pops his head up and is like, Lena? <laughs> 
It writes itself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Rog Fort- Vortex uh, 58 said, I really love Zorel redeeming himself at the end of the episode. Kara gave him hope to finally see a way out of the despair that had consumed him for so long. And he gave that hope back by believing in her. Uh, oh, I always forget how to say this. El Mayara. El Mayara. They, don't, they don't say it much anymore. No, they don't. And that's why I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not my fault. <laughs> uh, at Kenny Curley said, I loved the episode and I'm so happy that Supergirl is reunited with the Super Friends and her sister, Alex. At iGold... Uh, 531 said i was digging the episode until the ending great sisters hug but what a missed opportunity on emotions um at nori lucario said i enjoyed the episode my favorite part was learning that giving hope speeches runs in the family (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's uh, at it's alley beat the way uh said i found the reunion fairly underwhelming seriously more than 10 seconds could have been spent on that right overall their fears were depicted really well although it felt really dragged out at the end brainy being afraid of balloons is really funny to me <laughs> um at a underscore weird girl said i have mixed feelings about this with this episode i liked it it had good acting the thing with the visions was interesting the harry potter references were cool but i needed more car in the phantom zone i was so excited about that this storyline and it's over that's it come on agreed and also they really leaned into the harry potter stuff this week they were like you know harry potter dementors boggards i was like oh well i was really just copying harry potter this season i was rolling my eyes i was like listen if you're gonna copy harry potter you have to stop referencing it so much because (laughs) just just let it be just, it's obvious that that's yeah. what they it's obvious that that's what the phantoms are and like <laughs> don't keep pointing it out <laughs> <laughs> underlining it um at jen underscore uh uh f 3 said i enjoyed it john's i don't have time to unpack all that line is now one of my favorite things he's ever said however i was expecting at least one of the super friends to actually have to leave the ship to get to kara and her just flying to them seemed a little too easy that's part of why I don't feel like it was very earned because they they struggled on the ship with the fear visions, but they didn't have to go into like they didn't have to experience the phantom zone. No. They didn't have to like struggle. You know how like in um uh, for the girl who has everything, it's a uh, this is how much I watched this episode. It's episode 13 of season one. It's when <laughs> Kara gets uh, attacked by the Black Mercy and she goes into this Krypton world where like she is hanging out with her parents and little Kal-El and Alex has to go in there to get her out. Like there was a real struggle for Alex to actually have to go in and rescue her yeah. from that situation. And there was none of that. They were just like, Oh, hey, here we are. Here's some sun. And she was like, oh, hey, there's there's my peeps. And, and that was <laughs> it. I think that they should have struggled trying to get her out. But that's that's just how I would have done. I agree. That's why it felt way too easy, I think. And we're getting a lot of comments that other people thought the same thing. Yeah. At SL Fricky said, the tower is now a ship that can shapeshift. I know that David Harewood was in Doctor Who once, but that doesn't entitle them to steal the TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a Supergirl story told by showing events multiple times from multiple characters' point of view. Uh, Rasha Monel 
<laughs> I, I had to get clarification on what he uh, what SL Fricky was meaning by that. Um, so SL Fricky added the Rashomon because Rashomon is a Japanese movie where the events of the story is retold multiple times from the subjective point of view of the different characters in it being different each time as a result. This episode wasn't quite like that, but close enough for a Monel pun. So uh, that's uh, just to let everybody else know because I, I needed to uh, get more details on that. Well played. I've heard of the the name of the movie, but I've never seen it. So. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Maybe I'll have to. Maybe that'll be one of our hiatus episodes. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. At Mark uh, HBPWM. Uh, said, I liked the episode and Zorel having to save Kara with a hope speech, but the thing I found most exciting was a glimpse of Kara Danvers back at Catco that we saw in the preview. How long has it been since she was there in her glasses and buttoned up blouses? Glad she's back. Also, with the throttle lever, lever and the chairs, did the tower steal the old bridge from the Wave Rider? Listen, what? anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that because I don't really know much about the Wave Rider, so I, mean, I, I can't speak to it. Maybe they just uh, they just gave Jean their like leftover parts, and that's how he's built this whole thing. It's like <laughs> every time they get in a scrape scrape on the wave rider, they're like, "Hey, we've got this old uh, this old thing, and we've got a couple of gaming chairs here from, from <laughs> Nick playing uh, you know Madden football. Do you want them?" <laughs> that would actually make sense. I would buy it. Uh, well, we have an email from Adeline who writes, quote, Hi, Morgan and Rebecca. I am a longtime listener of this show. I love to listen to you on my way to and from work and to and from my acting class every week. I never written in before, but I have been having too many thoughts <laughs> not to share any as this season progresses. Overall, I enjoyed this episode. I really liked seeing the show dive into some of the character spheres that have been kind of skimmed over in the past. For example, Lena being afraid of all her loved ones drowning. Absolutely absolutely loved seeing that and watching her realize it wasn't real and getting the strength back to fight, uh, getting the strength to fight back. However, when the water kelper, Kelpie turned into her mom at the end, I definitely thought it was Kara for a second. The bangs really got me. So that's an interesting read on that. Uh, so uh, let's see. Hang on. I got to check my doc. Uh, Adeline goes on to say, also, it was really great seeing Kara losing hope in the Phantom Zone, not because I want her to be sad, but because Melissa does such an amazing job with the more emotional stuff. I wish they could give her more of that to work with and that we could see her dealing with her trauma more. However, since this is the last season, we all know that won't happen. Uh, ha won't happen. They've had five seasons before this to do something like that, and I feel like it's been minimal. I wish Kara's reunion with the Super Friends at the end of the episode was more than one second. I see. I, I mean, what the heck? She's been trapped, and we only Seriously. got to see her hug Alex and literally nobody else. I would trade Kara's dad for more screen time of the reunion. Unquote. Apparently, there was supposed to be like a like a reunion hug of like the entire group of Super Friends, but they cut it down. Uh, for time just to be Car and Alex, which to me makes sense. That's to me, I would, I'm actually very okay with that. Um, so I, I didn't mind that very much. Uh, so Alex wrote in to say, now that we're back from Midvale, the series is going back to the same tired formula for Supergirl season six. One, the first five to 10 minutes explains a complex scientific problem that I'd never understand facing the team. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be understood, Alex. I, I don't think it's meant to be understood by any of us. <laughs> Two, a device or tool to overcome the complex scientific problem will magically appear. For example, Lena Luther can immediately produce a 
portable sun <laughs> and and john apparently spent his free time the last few days building a martian spacecraft that can enter the phantom zone <laughs> and kelly apparently has the skill to operate the martian spacecraft <laughs> three the majority of the episode deals with the problems fears issues side stories of the large supporting cast four there's a total absence of humor Five, there is little or no Supergirl. At least the coming attractions for August showed Cara Danvers, remember her, living her <laughs> hu her human life and going to work. She is a Pulitzer Prize winner, after all. Let's hope things get better in the second half of the season. Yeah, put some respect on that name. Uh, Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, yeah, I mean, the portable sun, it, it, Lena did mention that she sort of borrowed DEO tech, and they have had those sort of... Um, uh, sort of sun bombs before that they've used to recharge Supergirl. So that that wasn't totally unheard of. Uh, but some of the stuff with the tower ship, uh, it, yeah, that was uh, kind of unexpected. Um, not a total absence of humor. I might disagree with that a little bit because we did get brainy with the balloons. The um, balloons did did make me laugh. And honestly, I saw somebody in the chat mention this as well, that it reminded them of the uh, the Buffy musical where one of the characters was deathly afraid of bunnies. <laughs> and and that's what it reminded me of just like the most ridiculous fears like just a bunch of balloons i mean have you not read panicula i i think uh there's reasons not. to maybe uh be be afraid of bunnies um but i definitely uh uh I, this is alex's email yeah uh alex i definitely agree about number five about being there uh little to no supergirl that's definitely a problem well leslie and not the legal consultant leslie another <laughs> listener named leslie so leslie wrote in to say just uh, uh quote just wanted to say i love listening to your podcast you say everything i feel when i watch the show i loved the first season so much i stopped watching for a bit after the valentine's day episode in season two uh you remember that one morgan uh oh, yeah <laughs> there was a controversy over that one uh <laughs> so leslie goes on to say quote i hated when the show had become what the show had become with the addition of monel i love the danvers sisters so much they are the reason i love and watch the show unfortunately i've seen their on-screen Screen time dwindle and the relationship that I love so much seemed to become unimp unimportant to their storytelling. I find the show to be boring and eye-rollingly frustra frustrating now. The writers are just not good. I hate saying it, but it's the truth. I watch the show because I love Kyler Lee and Melissa Benoist. I think they are amazing and I feel like I owe them my support because I just feel so badly for them. Their talent is just wasted. The episode was not good. It started off awesome. I was so excited to see Alex Danvers back. She was uh, she was totally badass and I loved it. And then it was a dream. What? WTF. Then I realized <laughs> I'd have to watch all the characters live their fears, which meant this was a filler episode. Yeah, I can maybe kind of see it categorized as a filler episode to a degree. Uh, this also meant I would have to wait until the last few minutes of the show for something to happen. I was yelling at my TV. It was so boring. All I wanted was the team to go out and fight for their lives and cars to bring her home. Instead, she very anticlimactically flew onto the ship herself. Don't get me started on that extremely fast and underwhelming hug we got. If you slow it down, it's actually a very powerful hug, but it doesn't play that way in the show. Now we have to wait three months to get some kind of reunion? What a joke. 
I'm glad it's ending. Put it out of its misery and let <laughs> Kyler and Melissa move on to something that will truly let them show how crazy talented they are. I will miss listening to your podcast, though. Thanks for all you do in keeping us entertained, unquote. Well, Leslie, you don't have to miss us. You don't have uh, to miss us. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we we are going to keep podcasting whether people like it or not. Uh, so so, uh, so your, your point you can't put what, us in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> yeah, no, we are not going to be there on one of the islands in the Phantom Zone uh, in one of the storage units. Um, but I, Leslie, I totally understand your frustration. I mean, uh, the Danvers sisters really haven't gotten a lot of good meaty material like they used to. And it is sometimes very frustrating to watch. So I, I understand uh, your your situation with the show. But uh, I, I appreciate that you still want to show the show and the, and the actors support. I think that's, you know, in my opinion, I think it's earned from them at least uh, that they, you know, they put in so much work and, and brought some really good moments and uh, scenes to the, to the series. So uh, that's part of the reason I keep watching is because I think they've, you know, for the most part, they do a pretty good job. They, you know, they can make uh, some very, um, uh, not as quality material come out looking like gold. So, uh, so I think that uh, earns a little respect. So I appreciate you uh, writing in and sharing your truthful thoughts. Uh, Kaylee, the uh, MFT grad student, wrote in to say, the writers must have done their homework in this episode. Grounding techniques are legitimate and allow people to reconnect to the present. Sometimes therapists ask a client to look around the room and describe out loud what they see, as the characters did in this episode. Other times, therapists have the client pick a symbol for the present, a pillow, purse, picture, jewelry, etc. These are conscious breaks from the trauma. I love that even Kelly struggled to sort reality from her traumatic vision. Therapists aren't perfect. Sometimes the most frustrating thing about our job is having all the head knowledge and an inability to apply it in our own lives. Uh, I hated the first 10 minutes of this episode, but when Lena was startled by that water knock from Frozen 2... <laughs> <laughs> Good call. I realized what was happening and I liked it. However, I would have loved it if there had been more than like eight minutes of Kara. Eight minutes would be generous, I think, in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Papa Zorel giving a hope speech was a tender moment. Yeah, uh, I, I think it probably was about eight minutes. I think about three at the at the start and maybe five at the end. But it wasn't all. <laughs> but it wasn't all car though. There was there was definitely some other people in those scenes as well. But uh, yeah, so I definitely want some more car there. All right. Well, Nabiha sent us an email writing quote. This was a pretty good episode. Probably my favorite one this season, be besides the Midvale ones. I laughed out loud when they called themselves out about how the Phantoms are just Dementor knockoffs. The episode felt a <laughs> bit rushed and rep repetitive at the time. How is that even possible? But it had a lot of emotional scenes and showcased every character in a way this show never does, which is which was great. Well, every character except Kara. But I get why and I hope this would uh, but I hope that after this very very long hiatus, Supergirl can one once again become the main character of her show. That Danvers sisters reunion at the end was everything, even though we only got to see 5 seconds of it. <laughs> also, did you guys think it was weird that this episode was basically all the women having nightmares and being taken over by the phantoms while all the men were fine and had to rescue them? That kind of bugged me the whole episode, especially when Kara seems so helpless and weak. She's already been in the phantom zone for 24 years. Or is it 10 now? <laughs> and she was completely fine. And this time she hasn't even been there for that long. Two days, two weeks. What is time? Anyways, my point is she's Supergirl, for God's sake. I hope the writers remember that from now on, unquote. Um, so that's a really 
interesting uh, question and a point to bring up. Morgan, did you think it was mostly just the the women dealing with the fear of visions? I mean, I think it kind of was. Like, um, Brainy's fear of vision was essentially comic relief. And uh, Jean's fear of vision was either s- s- very, very fast or non-existent, depending, <laughs> depending on your read on the episode. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that we only kind of got into the fear visions of the female characters. Like, I guess I kind of understand, like, they have a big cast and they did, like, could you imagine if we had to flash to Brainies and then flash to Jean's and stuff? Like, more of those, like, I liked them, but that, that would be a lot. But at the same time, it, it was a little weird. Yeah, they did mention at one point, uh, Brainy was talking to Jean, like, hey, we're both immune to this thing. Like, I think it's because your psychic powers and me, I'm a, a 12th level intellect and I can compartmentalize everything. So I guess they sort of did kind of take the shortcut with the two of them, whereas everybody else had to, like, live out really traumatic things, <laughs> like people dying and sacrificing themselves. Uh, so that, or even almost dying themselves, like in the yeah. case of Lena. So, uh, so they definitely, I think the women had much more traumatic experiences for sure. So Naomi wrote in to ask, do you think if Supergirl got a season seven, the writers would make Lena a vigilante too? Because I don't understand how Supergirl, who has a team with superpowers, is in need of a new vigilante with no superpower. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even happy with Alex becoming a vigilante because that's their excuse of giving Alex a new story, but with zero development. I wanted to see Alex living as a normal civilian, but still helping Supergirl in other ways. She could still be thinking about adopting and having difficulty getting a job or something. I don't know, because we're focusing on her being a vigilante. (laughs) And with Kelly, you can feel the writers don't know much to do with her, just like James. (laughs) She she doesn't have much character depth and is still seen as just a love interest. She could disappear for half a season and many people wouldn't notice. Kelly was introduced as a therapist. Let her be that. We don't need the last 14 episodes going forward focusing on Kelly becoming a vigilante. I hope she doesn't become a new James. I want character development, but let her be her own person instead of a vigilante. She and Alex are probably going to end up married, but I will probably feel no emotion because these characters have not been developed. I think that's a fair point. Um, I, think I, think, I, think, I think we did see some character development with Kelly and through the fear vision Uh, but it was definitely more related to her being guardian than her being Kelly Olsen. Um, So I think, I think they need to do maybe a little bit better job of the Kelly Olsen side. They've been doing a pretty good job of getting us to guardian. uh, But Kelly Olsen as a character kind of, I mean, we kind of understand her through her relationship with Alex, but that's maybe kind of it other than her working for Obsidian for a little while. <laughs> but um, like, how long has Kelly been on the show? It's been since season four, four, right? Yeah. So this is the third season she's been on the show. And I don't think it's like Nia has been around since season four and she feels like a fully fleshed out character to me. Kelly has been around since season four and I'm still like, what's Kelly's deal? <laughs> <laughs> so also to the question appointed in the email, uh, do you think that if the season or if the show had gone another season that Lena would become a vigilante? Probably. She'd probably get like, get a Lexo suit and be like, Hey, it's me guys. Everyone else is being, is a vigilante. And I just really wanted to fit in. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't put her in the Lexo suit yet. Me too. I, I think that's coming. 
I feel like Lena would go like she would see everybody else becoming a vigilante and she'd be like, well, I don't want to be left out. But she would go too, too far, like (laughs) do too much. And she'd be like, what, guys, this is what you want. But it'd be like a giant robot that she's controlling that's like crushing things in the city. (laughs) She's like, is this not right? (laughs) I I think I think the Lexo suit makes sense. So I think. If we don't see her in the Lexo suit at the end of this season, I think if they had get, gotten another season, I think she would have become some sort of vigilante, super suited superhero. Um, so we got a, uh, an email from Patricia from Mexico who wrote in to say, quote, I started watching Supergirl a couple of years ago and soon enough I found your podcast. I'm basically just writing to thank you guys for the fantastic job you do. It's really fun and I feel like I belong in this little community. I used to listen to the podcast on Spotify, and when I recently caught up, I realized that I could watch you live on YouTube. So I've been watching. <laughs> so I've been trying to be part of that chat for the last six episodes. Uh, uh, Patricia's username is Patua. So if you oh, see uh, hey, Patricia in the in the chat, say <laughs> hi, hi and uh, introduce yourselves. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Patricia also says, but now I've watched the whole era verse. Well, most of it. And I just listened to the legends podcast for the first time and it's great too. Oh. So anyway, I just <laughs> wanted to say hi. So hi, unquote. So hi, hello, Patricia. hello, Patricia. Thank you for joining us. Um, one of the great things about Supergirl radio is not necessarily Morgan and me, but the chat and the community of people that we have who gathers every week and, um, and who engages with us on the show. So uh, enjoy being a part of it. Cause I think, I think everybody's a pretty welcoming group. We all kind of so, like yeah. play nice with each other and have a good time. I'm always uh, just shocked. People show up, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> people are here. <laughs> we're, we're surprised anyone listens to be frank with you. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're glad that you could all, uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun for us to see everybody uh, in, interacting with each other and seeing new faces and, and new names. So uh, enjoy being part of our community which I, I don't know about you, Morgan, but I'm very proud of. I think it's really cool that we have Me our too. little Supergirl Radio podcast community. So that's cool. I love our little community. <laughs> <laughs> so Courtney wrote in to say, not sure how I feel about this episode. The whole Groundhog's Day style thing of seeing everyone's fear fears was getting old. I guess they were happening at the same time. So how else to show it? But still, very disappointed that they cut the group hug scene. The payoff for that this whole Phantom Zone trip was kind of weak. What I really don't understand is how Jean said they needed a touchstone for Car in case she wasn't sure what was real. But they never even left the ship. Was it <laughs> was it because once they did the sun bomb and she flew up to the ship immediately, they figured she wasn't as delusional as they thought she might be and didn't need to bother with going down? Now that I write it out, it makes sense. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan, what, I, I think that's a really good point that they they didn't. Uh, the question was, you know, w- is Car going to think something's real? Like maybe they should have shown that that maybe she would have questioned the ship, but she she almost almost immediately uh, recognized the the yellow sun and then saw her friends. So it she wasn't was, really a problem. She recognized the yellow sun and then she was like, oh, hey, it's a ship. It must be my friends. Like, <laughs> that's a kind of a leap. It could be anything. <laughs> You're in the phantom zone. Uh, yeah, I think that they I think the problem wasn't. So, I mean, the, the ending was super anticlimactic. But I think the problem was that the setup made it seem like they were going to pay something off that they never intended to maybe. So like, why set that, like, yeah, why set it up? Why set it up that way then? Like you were in 
in control of the story. You are writing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, maybe something should have happened that didn't. Uh, Julia shared some th- thoughts about this week's episode, saying, quote, I liked the horror elements of this episode and felt it started off strong, but it seemed really seems like they ran out of time. My biggest problem is that there was such a flagrant <laughs> breaking of the Chekhov's gun rule. Uh-huh. In the yeah. first act, you have hung a pistol on the wall. Then in the following one, it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it in there. I wish that the grounding techniques worked more uh, significantly and clearly. If they weren't effective, why even bother talking about them? John was <laughs> immune because he's a psychic Martian and didn't need it. Alex and Kelly herself didn't use it at all, even though she bought, <laughs> brought it up in the first place. Brainy used it, but only broke out of the vision only because he was able to compartmentalize his fear. That's a very hard word for me to say. Compartmentalize his fear. Lena used it, but it had no effect until Jean uh, fought the, the prime phantom, though I guess it would have made her feel better while helplessly trapped <laughs> in her fear vision. Are they trying to do a PSA on how to deal with PTSD flashbacks or panic attacks? That is very possible. <laughs> Overall, it seemed like a waste of time in terms of the episode and story to even mention it. If a fear vision is so complete and indistinguishable from reality, then why bother you trying to use the grounding techniques? Instead, the grounding techniques should have provided an opportunity for the super friends to overcome the episode conflict. Possibilities include, number one, using the grounding, grounding techniques to help the character see or sense logical in- inconsistencies more clearly, which breaks the illusion. Number two, they help manifest a MacGuffin hints to the character or audience that this is not real. Uh, for example, a black cat that passes by the same doorway twice and some uh, someone says, Deja vu. Or number three, Jean's psychic blast against Phantom Prime weakens but does not break the fear visions and the grounding technique is what helps each affected person break out of it. If they let Kelly do her her therapist things and have a big galvanizing guardian moment in real life rather than in the fear vision, that's a really good point, then it would also make her unique skills more clear in the team. The super friends don't need more muscle. They need a therapist. But for <laughs> but for real therapy, uh, they should see someone other than Kelly because being your friend's therapist is ethically problematic, unquote, which is a really good point. Yeah, I think this, ep- this email really hit the nail on the head for me because that was my biggest problem. Uh, Julia really hit my biggest problem with this episode, which is that they set this whole grounding thing up <laughs> and then they never paid it off in any way, which begs you the question, why, why set it up? Like you didn't even have to mention it. You could have <laughs> just had the, if the episode hadn't mentioned the grounding techniques, like, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't be like mad that they didn't do it. <laughs> but, but you expect it because you're told the rules. So yeah, you, because you, I get on them because I've tried television it. and read a story before. I didn't, <laughs> and I expect certain things when they're set up, but I should remember that's not always the case here. <laughs> and I should adjust accordingly. <laughs> but thank you, Julia, for making me feel like I'm not going crazy. Great points. <laughs> so Daryl wrote in to say, we got our first exterior shot of Jean's new office. And let me say, they need to be glad they made it a real tower because all that space before made no sense. It does sort of tie up those questions about how, how did they have more rooms in this uh, place where Jean lived? Uh, that, that doesn't seem to make any sense but i guess because it is martian technology he can just shape shift more rooms into being i guess so that does uh clear up a little bit of uh some of those questions we had true all right well ryan wrote in to say quote i thought this episode was 
an episode. I love that <laughs> Kelly brought in actual therapy tools into the show. I suffer from I suffer from anxiety and grounding is a tool that I was taught by my therapist and that I use. Loved it. Ooh. However, then when they are in their fears, grounding does nothing. Lena uses it and nothing happens, but props to her and her mental health growth, growth <laughs> since she was able to recognize it was her fear. And Kelly, the one who introduced the tool, didn't even use it. It's like the, it's like one step forward for that character and two steps back. I also liked how they revealed the twist of it being phantom fear projections. But by Nia's turn, I was so over it and just wanted uh, the rest of the episode. Then I love the scene of Kara having lost hope in her father, someone someone also with the name of L, meaning hope, and who Kara herself once helped, now being the one to give Kara a hope speech. But the problem was that the scene wasn't earned. It just came out of nowhere. Great scene, but we needed more to back it up and explain it, unquote. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, I'm glad that people are really like hooking on to the same issues that we had with this one. It makes, it makes me feel, me feel less alone. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. It's encouraging. Uh, Grout wrote in to say, what a fun, unexpected episode. I know people have been turned off by the lack of car content so far this season, but this episode proved that the rest of the cast can make up for her absence when given good writing. The flow was dynamic, the exposition was minimal, and the character beats were on point. Plus, Lena having an Alien 3 Ripley moment was such a gift to Katie slash horror <laughs> fans like me. <laughs> also, Brainy's balloon visions were hilarious, and I couldn't help but imagine the crew members off screen tossing them towards him. <laughs> these last few episodes have been the be have been the hope speeches i need it to believe that this show might finally be back on track can't wait for august well there you go there's a little positive outlook uh, to, to wrap up our emails with uh and i also just uh saw a comment in here that i wanted to bring up and i lost it it was from, <laughs> it was from rachel i think uh, why can't best? Why can't I find that now? Um, basically, Rachel said that they had shown the exterior of the tower, or no, it was uh, it was Antony. Sorry for miscrediting. Uh, they showed the exterior of the tower a couple of episodes ago. I think maybe what Daryl was talking about was the uh, the retracting roof that oh, yes. <laughs> that opened up. Uh, so I think that was maybe what he was talking about when he was talking about uh, exterior shots. Uh, so I guess Morgan, uh, do we want to oh, yeah. get so, some, into some snap judgments? I think I think we must. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's do the intro, and we'll, we'll be right back. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. All right. I'm having all kinds of headphones issues. Okay. Or That's I think okay. I'm, at least a cat didn't drag it off your head <laughs> in, a, in a battle of wills. <laughs> all right. So let's get into those snap judgments. All right. Our first snap judgments are from Ryan. So Ryan asks, uh, which person's fear would you rather experience for yourself? Alex, Lena, Kelly, or Nia? And I just want to remind everybody, you can play along. You can make some snap judgments in the chat, uh, the chat along with us. Uh, okay, so if we're choosing Alex, Lena, Kelly, or Nia, I don't think I would want Lena's. No, that was pretty scary, and that one was Nia's maybe scary. also was kind of scary too. They were all kind of terrible. 
I think I could I think I could deal with Kelly's because Kelly basically uh, dealt with the uh, phantom possessed people who were just like, you're no good. We're so much better than you. And I think I would probably just talk back to him. I mean, it was kind of cringy. So I think (laughs) I probably would have just laughed at them. So I think maybe I could handle Kelly's fear vision. I think I would take. Alex's because I feel like I would just make the responsible choice in that scenario. <laughs> like I would just they'd be like, okay, Alex, you're 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 hit. And I'd be like, all right, into the containment unit I go. Let's get let's get supergirl quick so I can get some medical attention. And then I would just <laughs> sort of sit in the containment unit. I would see if they could like pass me some snacks or like a like a my iPhone so I could watch something on it. And, and, and then I would Damn. just hope, I just hope to get home before I became a phantom. But uh, <laughs> I think, I think Alex's was like purely bad decisions on her part that made that one real bad. Everybody else's was like kind of intense, scary vampire stuff. But like, but Alex's was just her own poor choices. So. <laughs> That's a fair point. Good call. I'd make better choices. Um, <laughs> okay. Ch- uh, the second snap judgment from Ryan. If you had to pick one of the fears to be an actual storyline on the show that we would watch for the remaining 13 episodes, which oh. one would it be? Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I would maybe say Alina's. Again, I'm not going to discuss it because... <laughs> I'm just not touching that with a 10-foot pole. But I think Lena's storyline could go in interesting places if they wanted to stretch it out with her mother and the Kelpie and the idea that maybe, what if she is the Kelpie? I don't know. So I think you could go You could go to some place, places with Lena's. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lena's, too. I had a joke answer, and it was brainies. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's balloons. Balloons all in the background episodes. of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah. I, do think, I do think that the Lena stuff could be interesting. Like, the Kelpie stuff could be fun. Um, yeah. If they wanted to do anything with it, which I'm sure they don't. So, <laughs> uh, so strap in, because our next set of Uh-oh. snap judgments, and there are quite a few... Are from our girl Anna. Anna, <laughs> Anna, don't do it to us. All right. She, I think she's going to. I'm she's good. going to definitely. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anna said, "What scene felt most like I wrote it?" Uh, <laughs> Lena's face to face with the water monster that took what mattered most to her as she is helpless to make it stop, or Car giving up on hope and preparing to die miserable and defeated. I'm gonna go. Uh... I, I'm I'm getting Anna vibes from Car giving up on hope and preparing to die miserable and defeated. Ooh, see, I'm getting Anna vibes from the Lena scene, oh. especially where she was like, and then I read the story about drowning over and over. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. You make a solid point. <laughs> uh, okay. Gus, what, what would you rather see? The team unable to awaken from their nightmares forever and Supergirl dying on the exploding Phantom Rock or Kara being mind controlled by a phantom and killing everyone who came to rescue her as they are unsuccessfully begging her to snap out of it and to remember she loves them so what's the nightmare scenario here what's worse 
Uh, I think Kara killing everyone. I think so, too. That's going to be hard for her to come back from. <laughs> so I think if I had to answer the snap judgment, what would I rather see? I guess I would rather not see Kara killing everyone. So I think the team unable to awaken from their nightmares forever. I think that's probably what I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, same. It's a hard choice, though, because they're both bad. <laughs> they're both awful. Uh, okay. If you were on that ship, what would you rather experience? Being chased by a water monster and then drowning or being thrown from the ship into the phantom zone as, as your love interest screams your name uh, uh, again also also some terrible choices mm. um i don't i don't want to drown i do have a we i don't know that i have a fear of drowning but i definitely don't want to do it is the thing so um i think i it, if if that was the case uh, then I guess I would have to pick being thrown from the ship into the phantom zone as your love interest screams your name. Cause at least this way you're still both alive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take that one too, because you're probably still alive, but if you're not, you probably went quick. I don't know. The drown <laughs> the drowning seems bad. Oh, drowning to me. would be terrible. Bad. No, yeah. I don't like that. No, no. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump out and out of there and <laughs> take my, <laughs> Take my uh, take my chances in the Phantom Zone. Maybe I'll. Well, and if you had if you had a love interest that was uh, screaming your name, you get a you get a love story there. There you, you go, get, and it, you get maybe some like big reunion. I assume at the end of that story. So it, I, it's that traumatic, like a win. which I yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, you might have people shipping your relationship. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be kind of cool. We could, we could have a hashtag. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What other Lena fear would you have wanted to watch? Kara appearing and then dying in Lena's arms as she is unable to find grass to save her. <laughs> or Kara actually betraying her and telling Lena she has never cared for her as she pushes her out into the phantom zone. Ooh. Ooh. I'm picking that second one. That one's juicy. <laughs> uh, we would get Lena in the phantom zone? I think I would be into that. We get Lena in the phantom zone and we get like um like, like a an evil scenery chewing Melissa Benoist who's like yeah. I never liked you anyway <laughs> and then pushes her into the and pushes her in <laughs> I like it it's all very I, dramatic yes I think that would be fun to watch <laughs> um okay I think this might be our last one uh what would you pick the rest of the season not focusing much on Kara but you keep podcasting with your friend <laughs> Or, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't like this. Or you're given creative control of the rest of the season, but your co-host's entire memory of you has to be erased forever and you can never podcast with her again. Okay, I just want to say up front, if you pick the, having creative control of Kara, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to fault you for it. Like, sure, I, sure. I, I, w I would be. I would be okay same, with same. it because I because I understand. I understand that choice. Oh, no, no. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> all, we're all friends. We're all going to be friends after this snap judgment, Anna. <laughs> this is how um, the podcast breaks up. <laughs> we. This is the last episode of Super Raw Radio. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, see, this is tough because what, what? All right, let's just work through this. I feel yeah. like we need to explore all. We, we don't. Do. We don't we need do. to normally give explanations for snap judgments, but I think this one deserves some explanation <laughs> just to really dig into it. So, if Rebecca's about to wipe my memory, you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> so if so, but okay. So if your memory of me did get wiped, could we still meet again and create new memories? That's, I mean, see, so that's a good point. But but Anna, but Anna didn't give us that option. She didn't. But like, presumably, my memory's wiped. But you still remember the podcast, so you could still pitch it to me. Like, hey, Morgan, it's been a while, hasn't it? Do you remember Live Journal? I do too. Would you like to do a Supergirl podcast? And I'm like, sure. What a fun, wacky idea. And then I and then I hop on here, and everybody knows who I am. And then I have like a real like crisis of. <laughs> What what if what if we're just destined to do Supergirl radio? I don't I don't know. I don't know. That's not part of the Oh, I have to say. Okay. So Jay brings up a really good point. The podcast is recorded. That's true. It could Rebecca. be like 50 it could be like 50 first dates where he like shows her that videotape of like all the things that have happened in her past. You can use it to remind her. So I'm well, okay. Maybe and then I mean in this scenario one of us has creative control of the show. And we have that podcast archive, I think. <laughs> this is such a, well, we shouldn't be thinking about this so hard. <laughs> but the fact that, like, you're not I good mean, friends, it, it turns out. It, it is tempting, though. Because, it's very tempting. <laughs> because if you had creative control of Car's story, I mean, you could do you could do Comet the Superhorse. Oh my God, you could you could, you could do, take it anywhere. You could t- you could go to Stanhope College and see her in college. You could bring in Nasty Luther. <laughs> she could be a soap opera actress. For she a little could while. be a soap opera actress on Secret Hearts. Oh, you could do so. I mean, you could do so much. News Gal Legion, here we come. News, News Gal Legion, oh snapper car snapping. <laughs> Director Bones. Director Bones. Oh, Director Bones. <laughs> it's all it's all real tough to turn down. <laughs> but you know what, Morgan? Even when the show is terrible and the car content is no good, I still enjoy that I get to come on here for sometimes two and a half hours and talk <laughs> about the show and the character of Supergirl with you. And it's one of the highlights of my week. So I think I'm going to... Uh, choose to keep my memories or choose to keep your memories of me so that we can keep doing this podcasting and uh, uh podcasting about the show and podcasting with my friends so i guess that's the one that i would choose that's so sweet like i'm very, <laughs> i'm very tempted by by ron cons rama wines becoming <laughs> a reality you could make it a reality we could make it a reality. We could have a whole hope spinoff. It could be called That's a Hope. <laughs> but but none of the inside jokes would happen if if one of us didn't remember. And so I can't wipe your memories. I can't. W- Friendship is magic, like the My Little Pony say. And so, and so I'm going to keep your memories and we'll just have a, you know, a lackluster rest of the season. Because <laughs> the thing is, if you didn't remember supergirl radio or me you you're you're the one who's like the I, I, in my personal opinion you're the one that people show up to supergirl radio for you're the reason i show up to supergirl radio rebecca so, how could i do this podcast if you didn't put a doc together <laughs> selfishly i can't wipe your you can wipe my <laughs> memories but i cannot wipe yours i can't this podcast would just ground to a halt <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so I guess, I guess we should keep our, uh, our, yeah, our, I guess we should get, uh, keep the memories, I guess, of each, no, well, 
It's the other person's memory. Yeah, it's your memory. I'm going to keep your so, memories. I'm going to keep your memories of doing the podcast. That that seems great. Whew, that was a that was a tough that was a tough snap, Anna. That, that was, was really that was that was really that's probably the hardest snap judgment I think I've ever had to make. Probably. Oh, that was a that was a tough decision. Ooh, that really uh that that hit in some places, I think. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up snap judgments for this week. Thankfully, I don't think I don't think we can do <laughs> we anything more. We can't take another one. <laughs> no, that that was too much for one week. Uh, so we'll do our outro and get back. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, that is going to do it for our discussion and our feedback. So I think it's time. Let me make sure I get the right one. I think it's time we <laughs> need to get to some plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio superman and lois radio the flash podcast and legends of tomorrow podcast black lightning podcast bad woman podcast too Titans and Doom Patrol podcast just for you. Justice League Dark podcast, Green Lantern podcast, Stargirl podcast, Strange Adventures podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say f. Uh, is there going to be a new episode of DC TV After Dark so that so oh, that people can look question. forward to the cussing? <laughs> <laughs> we are working on it now. Kind awesome. of. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I guess uh, since uh, we mentioned DC uh, TV podcast, T Public Store, I uh, just want to remind everybody we've got some cool Krypton uh, designs in the store. Since there was some Phantom Zone and Phantom Zones, uh, Phantom Zone Islands, and there was <laughs> there was kind of a mention of Jarrell in this episode. So you uh, know what? Uh, what I really want someone to do is like you uh, you know those tourist posters, but it's like come come to italy or something <gasps> come to the phantom zone and it's just like all the island yes <laughs> like one of those vintage po like tourism posters i want somebody to do that but for the phantom we zone can we can get uh we can work on that design with comica girl maybe we can commission <gasps> she would comica girl would nail that because she I once mean... she once did uh an argo poster <gasps> Ooh. Uh, so maybe we can get mean, her on we, the island we got this patreon now maybe use uh some money to get a t-shirt created um so yeah so you can go into the dc tv podcast t public store and check out our designs there and we also want to uh thank our uh our, we mentioned the patreon we have some patreon supporters um so thank you to michael sam Anne marie grout yvonne quinn jessica nico 
Lola, Leslie, Abby, Ermard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Susan, E.H., Naomi, and V. Brewster. So thank you all for being uh, people who are really keeping the lights on here at Supergirl Radio. We really appreciate you helping out with all of our, our hosting fees and things like that. So, And uh, we'll, we'll be getting back to giving you some uh, cool extra bonus material. Because on Supergirl Radio, you're still going to get your, your free awesome quality Supergirl content. But if you want some uh, extra stuff of uh, Morgan talking about her cats or yeah. uh, uh, me talking about comics or, you know, uh, having some uh, quarterly reviews that we're going to maybe get back to here in a coming, maybe another month. And then uh, <laughs> we do, sometimes we just sit around and, and chit chat. So if you want some uh, extra bonus Supergirl uh, radio material, you can become a Patreon supporter. You can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl radio. We have four different levels of, uh, support so monthly levels you can be a legion of super sponsor you can be an ace reporter you can be a snappy listener or if you're really bold you can be a boardroom boss um, so we really mm. appreciate all of our patreon supporters and uh, as a reminder we're still running our flat supergirl photography contest and, and we will and um, probably until uh, christmas i guess <laughs> oh my gosh so many <laughs> so many life experiences you can have with your flat supergirl take flat supergirl through the seasons <laughs> yes uh so to to uh to enter you just need to download and print flat supergirl which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right hand side of supergirlradio.com cut out flat supergirl uh, attach her to a with tape or glue to a popsicle stick, a pen or a pencil, and then just take a creative picture with flat Supergirl. It can be a selfie, but it doesn't have to be. You can take flat Supergirl anywhere you want to go any season at all. There's going to be your choice of, uh, of times. And when you <laughs> post that picture, uh, as many as you like, there's no limit. There's no limit. Just keep taking them for months, uh, to, <laughs> to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Make sure that you tag at Supergirl radio and use the hashtag Supergirl adventures. Yeah, so you have until the Supergirl series finale, whenever that is, uh, to do to do so, and we will choose a winner and give you a prize. And I uh, just thought I'd give an example of what that looks like. We've got a submission today. So Ooh. here is a uh, flat Supergirl <laughs> hanging out with some pals uh, watching some uh, German knockout football. So, uh, so that's pretty exciting. She's she's hanging out in Germany, watching some sports, Whoa. having a good time. So good for Flat Supergirl. She's having she's having some good uh, times with her her friends. She got out of the Phantom Zone and look at her. She's watching. <laughs> she's watching some football. <laughs> <laughs> so you can take your Flat Supergirl and invite her to all of your next uh, athletic events. I think uh, you actually, should take her to all your your major life events, like yes. anywhere you go. Anything that happens that's important to you, just take Flat Supergirl. Just like put Flat Supergirl in that picture with you. <laughs> I'm gonna crash Morgan and Mike's wedding. It's gonna be like me and Flat Supergirl. <laughs> just just in the middle of the ceremony, up comes Flat Supergirl. <laughs> we laugh. But but, but. <laughs> but anything could happen. <laughs> well, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I have plans for new videos. I promise they're coming. Um, so uh, there is that. I, uh, I also um, am a contributor to Justice League Universe podcast where you can hear uh, some analysis about the DC films 
if you are into that, we're currently still working through Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I imagine we'll be working on that one for a while because it is a <laughs> four hour <laughs> epic adventure. Um, so there is that. And I'm also a voice and Morgan is one of uh, the voices as well. <clears throat> Actually, Morgan did a couple of voices uh, for The Fakest, which is a sketch comedy podcast about uh, a fake news team uh, that does a lot of crazy things. And you meet a lot of kooky characters and it's pretty funny. And it's written by our friend Bill Meeks. And it's really Actually, it's really good. Uh, I have a very high standard for podcasts and for <laughs> stories. And Bill did a really good job of writing this. And so this is the final season. We're in the final season the of Supergirl. This is, the, this is the final season of The Fakest. So you get to see how it wraps up. Um, so you can I go think to part the, one of the finale just post it. So yeah, like, so there's in the last part of the last season now. Yeah, yeah. So there's one episode left after this. So uh, you get to find out uh, what happens to Morgan's character and what happens <laughs> to my character. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. So you can go to thefakest.com or subscribe to anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see how everything ends because <laughs> uh, I mostly just uh, just saw my pages. So like I was just like, what's happening here? Uh, <laughs> it gets uh, pretty dramatic there at the end. There, there it's it's wild. There are witches. It's it's fun times. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojo Tastic. You can also find me as a co-host on DC TV After Dark. Um, as well as the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, and on Legends of Tomorrow, we actually have a show to talk about again, which is fun. And it's, ours isn't going on any kind of random hiatus, which <laughs> is different. So uh, so just uh, just jump in there. Rebecca doesn't even watch the show, but she listens to the podcast. So you have no excuse not to listen. No, you should no. definitely still listen. Still listen. You don't have to watch it. It's cool. <laughs> just, just listen. Yeah, I uh, y'all keep me uh, pretty much posted. I, I I I don't even have to. I don't have any. Well, I have some interest in watching. I guess just to see like what you're talking about. But <laughs> I get pretty good. I, I get pretty. But now you know all the good episodes and the bad episodes. Yeah, so yeah. Over. So, <laughs> I'll just go to the recommended list. Uh, actually, that would be a great idea if y'all would do that. Like, yeah, right. Like top 10 episodes of legends of tomorrow so i can just should. skip to the good stuff i think <laughs> that would help me so i'm just requesting that episode <laughs> all right well i think that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and remember there's always hope <laughs>